Everybody get up. Go, you chicken fat, go. It's time for calisthenics. It's time for mental calisthenics. It's time for all good men and women to rise to the occasion and welcome Tuesday into our midst. Yes, it is indeed going to be a beautiful day. It's going to be a primary day in some states. It's going to be a day in which John McCain remains dead. Yes, General Isimo Francisco Franco is still dead. I'm going to call that little soundbite up eventually, by the way. The Chevy Chase, remember that? From way, way back. General Isimo Francisco Franco is still dead. I don't, I didn't quite understand what that was a reference to. Well, it was a reference to Franco's death. But I think it was like when... There We were into countdowns. I, I don't know. I, I'll have to reference that someplace. Maybe you all can tell me. I'll get, I'll get, back, on, uh, I'll get back on Facebook here and, and figure that one out. Everybody doing okay? We all fine this morning? Because uh, it's, first of all, going to be 
the primary in Florida as well as Arizona we keep our eye on. We're going to focus a little bit on that because one state is an unendorsed Trump place. And that's the Arizona, that's the Arpaio race, that's the Kelly Ward race. And the third person there who wasn't getting a whole lot of attention is the one who just is taking it away like by 20 points. Veteran too, by the way. But, but, but President Trump has made no endorsement in that state. But he has made an endorsement in, in Florida. And in fact, his endorsement in Florida resulted in the DeSantis ticket just running away with the deal. Running away. And so that's what we're getting down there in Florida. So we're going to watch that. Their primary is really late, it seems. But I don't uh, – maybe well, – it is, it's, it is still August. So that's uh, – I guess it's not to be uh, too crazy. And, and, yeah, the McCain thing, you know, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on that. Uh, you know, the guy yesterday – and, boy, I can't wait to get to this Lanny Watkins breakdown, this Cohen story – Mark Kaysen, what are you thinking about this, buddy? This whole President Trump knew about the meeting and all this kind of stuff turns out to be patently completely false. Carl Bernstein, the former Watergate reporter, now has egg on his face. And once again, CNN is exposed as the as the fake news network that we all knew it was. Mama K, thanks again for coming in. HauntedSTL.com. Really appreciate you very much. Lacey's cool, and thanks for the tomatoes. I was going to have them last night and then didn't get around to it. So tonight or tomorrow night, maybe I'm going to go to the ballgame tonight. So maybe tomorrow night I will have uh, – I'm, I'm, I was hoping you weren't going to mind if I ruined them with some white anchovies. I don't know. Hi, Andrea from Newport, Rhode Island. Beautiful Newport, Rhode Island. Went up to Watch Hill, Rhode Island one time. And that's a beautiful place up there, that whole area there. And Newport is gorgeous. And went up to a place called Watch Hill, Rhode Island. And it is a coastal place. And I've never seen bigger waves in my life than I've seen in Watch Hill, Rhode Island. Long time ago was up there. Boy, it was like in the uh, mid-90s or something like that. But it was a beautiful place. There was a big hotel up there. It was kind of an old school area. But Rhode Island is gorgeous. But let me tell you, this deal with McCain, and I'm not going to get too far into it because it's so, it's so ridiculous. This flag up and down thing, I get it. People are a little lathered about that. But come on. John McCain's parting words and, you know, he writes some missive that uh, his campaign manager, Rick Davis, decides he's going to, to read. And I, I told you this is just going to be a week of, of John McCain trying just to rub uh, – As John McCain faces it to it. mortality, he asks that a letter that he has done <clears throat> be read. This will be somewhat difficult. He's going to drink some water and then we're so going to hear him. We're gonna, um, I'm not going to bear with you. Uh, he'll drink some water and then we're going to hear him talk about how, you know – the world does not exist with walls. It's a direct shot at President Trump. Who needs it? And then it turns out that he didn't want President Trump at his funeral. So President Trump is going to go to his funeral, but it's going to be made to look like President Trump's a jerk because President Trump isn't at his funeral. But passive-aggressive John McCain, even in death, decides that he's going to 
punch one into the gut of, of President Trump and make him look terrible the whole week of this memorial of uh, John McCain. It's just, it's just petty and it's embarrassing. And I realize everybody's trying to make this about Trump, but don't fall for it. But it, we don't need to get into this too far. We have an interesting thing on CNN. This guy, Max Kellerman. I don't know how CNN allows these guys to get away with this stuff and how they politicize things to the degree that they do. That just is, is shocking to me. And this time it's not, you know, usually we had the situation, that the, like the black anchors, like Jamel Hill or whatever her name is, who, by the way, is getting paid $6 million to take a hike. That's a lot of money to get paid to take a hike, I'll tell you that. But, but you know, these guys are just allowed to to make a mockery of sports coverage by hyper focusing on President Trump all the time. I just I just don't understand it and whether that how they think that's their audience. And, and you know what? Maybe it is. Maybe maybe after all this 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 actually is their audience and this is what people are all about who watch ESPN. But I I just don't get it. I I, I watch the MLB network. I watch their baseball coverage and their highlight coverage, but for the most part, it's just as, I mean, what is going on here there? So I'm going to break that one down too, because this is where he gets away with actually saying things that are, that are absolutely, totally, and completely just simply not true. And that, and that's at some point, it's one thing to have issues with president Trump. It's another thing just simply to squawk and, and, and say that, 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 you know, he's under multiple federal investigations and everything else. It's just ridiculous. This, of course, was all into in reference to the Tiger Woods interview where they tried to get him to attack President Trump and he didn't. And that apparently pissed off all these people because Tiger Woods didn't attack President Trump. It's like, oh, come on. And, you know, Tiger Woods, as you recall, did say that you know, you respect the office of the president, and that apparently made this guy crazy. I'd never, and once again, I had never heard of him before up until this particular point. By the way, back to McCain just briefly, though, because I loved Sununu when he was on with Allison Camerata on CNN, and she kept trying to get him to somehow goad him into bashing Trump by talking about John McCain. And these guys are going to be doing this incessantly. I'm hoping they just run out of energy at some point, but we need more people like Sununu who's going to just simply say, you know, we you stop to talk this. About the legacy of John McCain is former New Hampshire Governor John Sununu. He was chief of staff to President George H.W. Bush. Good morning, Governor. Morning, Allison. How are you? Oh, I'm well. Oh, Here my we go. gosh. Just remembering how much time John McCain invested in New Hampshire and how much he loved the retail politics there and the <laughs> Sununu didn't support John McCain but yeah it up and the stump <laughs> speeches you know uh, Jeff Jacoby in the Boston Globe this morning calls him New Hampshire's third senator what are your thoughts that's very accurate you know um, if you're involved in politics at all in New Hampshire you certainly do get to uh, know at least on some level those who are running for president. And, uh, and John McCain uh, grew to embrace the style of campaigning that works well in New Hampshire. The last time I saw him, 
uh, if for any uh, significant amount of time was when he came up to campaign for Kelly Ayotte in 2016. And, and we spent a full day. Uh, I was trying to help my son, Chris, who was running for governor, and the four of us spent a full day uh, in a van uh, crossing the state, hitting a number of events. It's going well so far. And to listen to John talk in that van about uh, how wonderful his experiences were up here, you knew this was someone that had truly connected uh, with the state. He, he loved the campaigning, the face-to-face And campaigning. once this is out of he the way. being challenged with questions at the town hall. And as we went uh, from event to event, uh, it was obvious he remembered people at each one of those events from the previous yeah. campaigns and loved to chat with them about how they had come together over the years. So he, he really did embrace the New Hampshire see me, touch me, feel me style of campaigning you, and grew to love uh, the people that helped him. You're just reminding me of something from the Straight Talk Express. So I was on it, on the bus with him on, in 1999. And, you know, I went to many of his sub speeches. So he would sometimes replay his greatest hits, you know, and some of his favorite jokes. And one of them that I'm just r- reminded so of. So you notice is that he as we go that he into this. two women in New Hampshire. Interview because she's all smiley and, and lovey. And she remembers the whole John McCain Express thing. And suddenly this interview goes gone way too long. And suddenly getting into it, her something crosses her face, and she decides she's going to zero in on Donald Trump. And Sununu, who has been a supporter of President Trump and a defender of his, maybe not an original supporter, really kind of got tired of it after a while. Uh, it is Sorry, can you repeat that? Sorry, somebody of, was talking about this in, effort in to fact, what? Cleavage between the White House and, and, the, and uh, those that are mourning John McCain. It is this effort by the press to accentuate the negative that I think has created the climate that prevents, uh, in the long term, the bipartisanship that John McCain supported. And I don't want to be a part of rubbing whatever salt there is in whatever wound there may be, uh, because I think that just adds to the division. I'm here because I lost a, a, a good friend. I wanted to express my concern about that. I wanted to applaud what he contributed to the country. I wanted to underscore the relationship he had with the state of New Hampshire. And I'm not here to play the political games that some of the press want to play at this moment of of what I think is great sorrow for the country. Just to be clear, we don't see it as a game. (laughs) And to be clear, the press didn't create whatever division exists that President Trump feels that allowed him to spike the statement that General John Kelly wanted him to put out about John McCain's sacrifice. This, did you see how fast this interview turned into a disaster? Because Allison Camerato was playing her little conf- confidence game. This is what reporters and anchors do, you know. They start off with an interview like this, and they're, and she's smiling, and, oh, you can't believe this thing. But really what she's getting at, what she really wants to get at eventually is something that will criticize President Trump. So she kind of greases Sununu up, and, oh, this is so lovely about how uh, how unbelievably wonderful everything is. And, and John McCain— 
loved yes. the retail politics. Oh, there yes. And it up and the stump speeches. Oh. You know, uh, Jeff Jacoby in the Boston Globe this I morning. Mean, she, I mean, she's, she's so, in the first couple minutes of the interview, she's so happy and so just like effusive and so and so nice to him and wants so much to talk about the legacy of John McCain but then minutes into it it starts to turn and Sununu's finally going okay boy did I wander into this witch's cauldron as Lisa points out that she is did I wander into this black widow spider web here suddenly I'm I'm sitting here with Allison Camarada and she wants me to attack John McCain and uh, Donald Trump using John McCain's dead body, and I'm just not going to do it. And she does not want, she does not like that. General John Kelly wanted him to put out about John McCain's sacrifice. The press Allison, didn't invent everybody, that. Everybody, everybody reflects their concerns in ways that are consistent with whatever they feel. I've expressed my concern. Uh, uh, the loss of John McCain, who I think was a great American, a great American hero uh, in the military, a great American hero in the political process, and frankly, a great American hero on a personal level to people that knew him well. And it is on those three levels that I sense the loss, and I have expressed my my feelings uh, of of sorrow for him uh, having passed, and my expression of feelings of sorrow. For, for his personal family who lost him and for a country who lost the great American hero. You're not alone, Governor. So many people feel that way. So many people but, echo that today. But, and that's why it is notable that the president doesn't. Yeah, but, yeah, see, this is... Well, and she the- sits there and just... This is a nine-minute-long interview. First of all, in, in this realm, it's an eternity... But but Allison Camarado must have her soundbite from Sununu attacking the president of the United States in the wake of the death of John McCain. She must she must have this. And so she'll sit there and she'll say something and Sununu's like, so is the interview over or are you just going to sit there and stare into the camera in this double box and make me say something again as you peer through your weird glasses and you have that bizarre smirk on your face. Is that how we're going to go here this morning? Talk about my friend John McCain. You appear to be here to talk about something that you think you can exploit, and I find that rather unpleasant. Governor. (laughs) And she does not like that. This black widow, this which she does not like to be. It's so. I you need to look at the interview. I guess I'll give you a a link to it and put it in the uh, Facebook page if I can. But you have to see just how her face turns, and she's gone from being this confidence game playing Allison Camarada. Oh, Johnson Nunu, don't you love John McCain? Don't you just hate Donald Trump? Game. And Sununu actually starts to get pretty nasty because he's like, stop saying things and then leaving me hanging out here to answer them. The more you make me talk, the more pissed off I'm going to get here. (laughs) We don't have to try to exploit something. This is a fact. This is a truism. 
Well, that why the, are you dwelling on it? I have given you my comment. I mean, he's, she, this, come on. This is a disaster. This is why CNN is in such bad shape because people just uh, can't put up with this kind of stuff. And once again, by the way, I will tell you, nine minutes isn't, I mean, I'm not trying to play the game that broadcasters play, and that is we don't have time for this, we don't have time for that. But let me tell you something. Almost 10 minutes is a long time in, in TV. And the only reason it goes further than like five minutes is because Camerata won't let go of this idea that Trump is such a jerk and she just needs to have Sununu, a big fan of McCain, say that he can't stand Trump. And then when she doesn't get what she wants from a person who lauds McCain, it makes her angry. It actually makes her, it seemingly is making her very angry. It's kind of like when you're, when you're telling a kid, uh, hey, uh, can I have this? No. Why not? Well, because it's just not going to be good for you to have right now, and I just think you shouldn't you shouldn't have that right now. But why isn't it good for me? Well, because it is soda. I'll just take soda, and it's filled with a bunch of sugar, and it's. I'm just not going to let you have it at seven thirty this morning. I'm just not going to do that. Well, what's wrong with sugar? I'm telling you, I'm not giving you the soda. Well, what about if I have it later on? You are not having the soda. Ever? No, not ever, but I'm not, I'm not, you're not having it right now. See, that's, that's the kind of discussion you have with little kids, right? (laughs) And And they just sit there and stand there almost like they're, you know, almost like they're, holding you hostage and and because they're a kid you don't want to say get out of here you know you're not having this soda you want to you want to you want to answer their question and and and, you know and and just kind of talk to them and not be dismissive but after a while you're like all right stop it it's like get me out of here please i have given you my comments on it Mm. and i'm here to talk about john mccain Fair. And I just reject your premise. This is <laughs> I mean, something- this has gotten into and she's just so egotistical and so full of herself that she just can't say, all right, yeah, sure, John uh, Sununu, I respected you enough to have you on. Now I'm going to just simply disrespect you because you're not giving me the answer I want. And I'm just going to just have an argument with you at this point. Boy, this thing deteriorated fast. And and Sununu is just, please, unplug whatever it is connecting me to you people. The press has created. It has been customary, probably since George Washington was president, to honor a war hero. Sununu is like, okay, it's now nine minutes into this interview, and now you're going to lecture me about George Washington. (laughs) Oh. This is unreal, but fun nonetheless. Press has created. It has been customary, probably since George Washington <laughs> was president, to honor 
a war and hero. You should, make, you should make your inquiries directly to the White House if you want a direct answer. Governor Johnson, Nunu, we appreciate you coming on and giving us your thoughts. Boy, about can you imagine living with that? I guess the only good thing is apparently, I don't know what time this is on, but whoever is with her doesn't have to see her during this period of time. But boy, is that something else. Allison Camerata, this is why people don't watch your network because we have to go through this kind of drudgery where actually it makes everybody watching just super uncomfortable. We're like, honey, he's not going to attack Donald Trump. Leave the man alone. <laughs> oh, man. It's just, uh, this is the great example of why we are, CNN is in the mess it's in. But you know what? It's not my problem, right? Not your problem, not my problem, and it's not the country's problem. But I will tell you that uh, I, I'm going to follow up on this on this uh, race in Florida. I'm going to follow up on the race in Arizona for you. going to follow up on the just absolute demise of this story relating to Cohen and Lanny Watkins and the accusation that the president knew about this Russia meeting when, in fact, it all turns out to be completely fake news, much like the news you just saw somebody try to fake, which would be extracting an attack from John Sununu on, on Donald Trump. But this story with the Cohen thing is totally falling apart. And CNN, again, is right in the middle of it, right in the thick of it. Whether or not they're ultimately going to make a formal retraction, well, we'll see. But so far, they have yet to do it. But even Lanny Watkins is like, I got nothing for you. This is not what happened. It's not true that President Trump, we don't have any evidence he knew about the meeting. So whatever you're reporting, I can't, I can't verify for you. And one of the people doing the reporting is none other than Carl Bernstein, one of the so-called legendary Watergate reporters who now has his rear in a sling. Although, you know what? Nothing ever happens to these guys. I mean, you, you can make mistakes now, and there's no comeuppance. There's no reverberation there's there's no punishment. The people who watch CNN, they don't care whether what's coming out of CNN is true or not. Don Lemon goes up there, calls Trump a racist. Brian Stelter goes up there and talks about how they're standing by this story no matter what. And the people who watch CNN, what, what they really want is they just want that pacifier stuck in their mouth every day so they can just suck on it and get through the misery that is their defeat. And so, yeah, that story's falling apart. But without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, our national anthem. I played, I'm sorry, I hit the button that was the National Anthems of the World. So that must have been like uh, maybe Puerto Rico's National Anthem or 
Oh, not Puerto Rico's, but that must have been Puerto Rico's. I'm really making a mess of this, all right? A little disaster here in the morning. Uh, it might have been like, uh, I don't know, uh, Tanzania's national anthem or something. So my apologies, and we'll go ahead and on with, ladies and gentlemen, the national anthem of the United States of America. How, how are them apples? Discovery Design Studios, DiscoveryDesignInc.com. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for supporting Radio Free Almond. Thank you for supporting Common Sense Radio. Please let some of your friends know that I am here. I have been surprised sometimes to run into people who haven't known. I ran into somebody at church the other day who wasn't aware of the Radio Free Almond app. And so we are already going gangbusters when it comes to our listenership where we've got thousands upon thousands of listeners every week to the point where I am now pretty much in line with the same number of listeners I had on Dinosaur Radio. And that's without some people knowing that I'm still around, that I'm still here. Not everybody's on Facebook. Not everybody has the the, the phones or whatever. But a lot of people have computers and things like that. And, and, and there are a lot of people who are, you know, not necessarily tech savvy and don't understand it, but it's very easy to go ahead and just simply turn this into your radio. But it, but just make sure that, that you spread the word if you can, because there are some people who I still get sometimes letter notes from people saying, miss you, miss you, miss you, but 
I'm like, I'm, I'm around. Check this out. And they're like, oh, I didn't know that. So just imagine if everybody who wanted to listen to me could. I'd be probably 25% even more above what I am now in terms of the, the strong listenership. All thanks to all of you. And thanks to your support. And thanks to the support of all of my fabulous advertisers and people who are, as our advertising ranks are growing, as I told you before, Michael Proctor's coming back. Go to the ball game tonight with uh, Ricky Hall, who is bringing Nutrition HQ back, nhq.rocks. So we had a lot of, lot of growth. Golden Oaks just signing on, as you all know. So that's on top of all the great advertisers who are supporting right now including Santino Cigars and Cocktails, Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency, 855-QUOTE-ME, Naputi Wellness, NaputiWellness.com. All, all the people who have uh, have supported this venture and, and, and this dream, I appreciate you uh, very, very much. Good morning this morning, everybody. Good morning. Yeah. So it's interesting this this difference in the primary elections, I'll just take two states because there are primaries today and one of them has a Trump endorsement and the other doesn't. And so the one that has the Trump endorsement powered Ron DeSantis way over the top. This guy once who he's running against one time had a 20 percentage point lead in lead on him. And it has flipped right after president Trump said, Hey, I love this DeSantis guy. What do you all think? And like, we, th- we love him too, Mr. President. We're going to go ahead with that. And so that is uh, what's happening in Florida. So it looks like DeSantis is going to take this one away uh, pretty pretty easily. And, and, and it's going to be really fascinating to watch this happen. Now, in, in Arizona, it's a different story. This is where never Trump or Flake didn't have the guts to run again. Because Flake knew uh, that that he wasn't going to win, and so he's not uh, r- running again, a- and and that's good. We're getting yet another person who is uh, the, the the self-draining swamp is there and in action. And yeah, and and Mama Kay, no, I didn't forget Rick and Tracy. They're in fact going to come in, uh, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna they're they're I I I can't I I. The Tracy Ellis show and TracyEllis.com and the Tracy Ellis real estate operation, I have to be very upfront in saying they are not advertising on the show per se. Uh, because of a uh, few contractual obligations, those kinds of things, I have to be careful about just simply uh, saying somebody who is there uh, at the other station is, is here too. I can't really – Say that, uh, so I, so Mama K, don't cause trouble, lady, my dear. Don't come in here causing trouble, rabble rouser. But I will tell you that I am actually working for Rick and Tracy Ellis, just to make a long story short, and I am a go-between for them. I'm, in fact, one of those guys who uh, is able, if you call me at 314 not now, but if you call me at 
I can connect you to Rick and Tracy if you're selling or wanting to buy commercial property. If you're selling or wanting to buy a home, I can connect you to them. I'm on my way actually to getting my real estate license and everything else. I'm staying in obviously the radio business, but it's just another addition. It's just another thing, and I'd be doing this even if I was still in dinosaur radio. I've always kind of wanted to kind of pursue uh, this kind of thing. So just want to let you know that. But anyway, just for technical reasons, I really can't say that the Rick and Tracy Ellis team are sponsoring my show. But I can tell you I am working for them. I am working with them. I am loving on them. I am appreciative of them. But they're not advertising on the show. (laughs) But nonetheless, if you want to, you can go to TracyEllis.com, but I would prefer that you call me and then, boom, I'll set you up with them personally. They have a huge team, a real estate team, but what you can do uh, with me is I'll get you set up with a personal kind of uh, touch on the part of Rick and Tracy, who are great people, and I really uh, – Really uh, love them a lot. And I saw actually Rick and Tracy over at Dr. Naputi's office in uh, in Chesterfield, his new office there. As, and I just saw just a lot of wonderful people. The first time I had been out to the Chesterfield location because uh, Dr. Naputi has that and then the one down in uh, off of uh, 55. But saw them there and, and their, their patience of Dr. Naputi's thanks to uh, our hookup there. And, and thanks to them wanting to go to somebody who supports my show. So I appreciate that a, a ton. So good morning this morning. And let's watch. Oh, back to the back to the races. So in Florida, we have the Trump endorsed candidate just running away with it. In Arizona, there really was no Trump endorsement. You had Kelly Ward down there. He said nice things about her. her. Joe Arpaio, he said nice things about him. And then there's an, another candidate, DeSaltis, DeSalti, I'm going to have to, a veteran herself, who is actually has a 20 point lead over both of them. So I, you know, but he hasn't made an endorsement. So there really isn't uh, one to be seen there. So that's an interesting dynamic there. It's, it appears that when President Trump doesn't get involved in the race, it's kind of uh, up in the air and, and everybody's race. But when he, when he does get involved in it, whoever he touches becomes the golden person, and that should give you everything uh, you need to know about that. All right, so on to this uh, story that is just rapidly falling apart, and this is where Michael Cohen's lawyer uh, has essentially just blew whatever case there is regarding Donald Trump. And the lawyers involved in this have made a complete mess of this. Uh, Lanny Davis has now backed off his claim that Cohen has information suggesting that Trump knew in advance about the Russian hacking of Democrat emails in 2016. CNN ran with the story. CNN is standing by it. And the Washington Post reported it, too. I mean, unlike CNN, the Washington Post uh, didn't report Cohen as saying Trump knew the information was coming from Russians and cited Davis as an unnamed source. But the second claim was made publicly by Davis on TV. So now it looks like Lanny Davis is simply saying, well, I was only speculating 
and I am I, I'm I'm it really was not the the truth that President Trump knew about this in advance, but that didn't stop CNN from going on and explicitly then reporting the story as if it were fact. And they put into it uh, Carl Bernstein. And, 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 and Carl Bernstein, of course, is the guy who is the, uh, you know, uh, much celebrated Watergate reporter. And, of course, because he is, they decided they were going to simply uh, take it and run with it. And and because Bernstein happens to be, you know, the, the celebrated Watergate reporter, we're supposed to believe every word he says. So CNN, for its part, they, they, they are just not moving on this thing. They're standing by their story. But Lanny Davis isn't even standing by the story. And so this thing is falling apart. It is a great example of complete and total fake news. I, earlier, I'm, and I'll double back on this because it's too much fun not to. Earlier, you heard Allison Camarado spend Camarado spend ten minutes. The first five were her just kind of uh, glad handing and greasing John Sununu up for the kill on John McCain, and then it turned into a debacle when she tried to get him to attack Trump, and she. And Sununu finally said, leave me alone. I'm not attacking Tr- President Trump. I'm here to talk about McCain. Leave, go away. And she wouldn't. But that's CNN for you. And now they're continuing to stand by the story. A little bit later on when G is here, I'm gonna, uh, we'll talk a little bit about what ESPN is doing. These guys aren't seeing how their ratings are just absolutely tanking. And it's not because they're not effusive about President Trump or – Supporting President Trump, it's because they are just getting involved now in hackery. Complete, ha- it's it's making them look ridiculous. These claims that the president is racist, or or in ESPN's case, they're talking about how he's a, the target of multiple federal investigations, which isn't true. But it doesn't matter. They're still going to talk about this, and that's why they're losing their audience. They're they're really. loss of audience over the past year for CNN. And not that it's anything of of my concern, but, uh, you know, it is is CNN's fault that this is happening. And certainly you guys feel free to, to ask Mark Kaysen about yet another mythical story. Involving President Trump. Mark's not We went back and forth yesterday on this. I don't want you guys to take away attention from the show. Hi, good morning, Melissa. How you doing, babe? Hi, Mark. Hi, Kathleen, my mother-in-law. Oh, she's so sweet. Hi, Margaret. Hi, Tara Lynn. So, Kaysen, this is the problem. You guys have nothing. You've, and, and when you don't have anything, you invent it. By the way... Again, I ask, where is the N-word tape? Where is that? Because a couple of weeks ago, the news media and others who were anti-Trump were accepting as a matter of fact, accepting as a matter of fact, that 
President Trump used the N-word on a tape. Uh, and and that's just as uh, not proven, but it was accepted. They had panel discussion after panel discussion on President Trump using the N-word when there was no proof that he did. But that didn't stop them from talking about it incessantly. And, and, and so you had Michael Eric Dyson and all the usual – uh, black agitators out there who are race baiting beyond belief who have decided they're just going to uh, just assume President Trump has said the N-word and not care whether or not it's true or, true or not. But they're still going to just assume it and make it real. There's no collusion. There's no proof of collusion. And when they didn't have proof of collusion – and they were frustrated because even with the conviction of Manafort, they still don't have what they want. They decided to turn to a gutless, unethical, lying, dishonest lawyer named Michael Cohen, represented by yet another lying Clintonista named Lanny Watkins, who now who was being used as a source and it was now basically saying even on CNN hey guys i really didn't say that trump knew that the russians hacked into emails i really didn't say he knew about this meeting i really didn't say that and cnn's like uh well so what we don't care we're not we're not we're not changing our story the washington post bailed fast then the Fox News people were all kind of totally just hazing these guys. It was uh, pretty funny to see. And and they had a whole panel about it. And so it's taking Fox News. They're the ones that are going to have to basically lay this out and, and, and explain exactly what happened for all of us. Because CNN isn't going to do it. One way or the other, they're going to try to stick by this thing and make it all happen. And, and, and try to make it real. Mark Kaysen, when are you all just going to give up? When? Beforehand or even No, after. does not. And by today, Davis was in full mea culpa, quoting, I should have been much clearer that I could not confirm the story on the Trump Tower meeting. I take the responsibility for not communicating more clearly my uncertainty. I regret the error. Remember, late last month, both CNN and The Washington Post, citing unnamed sources, reported that Michael Cohen witnessed Donald Trump being informed about the Trump Tower meeting and also witnessed Trump give his approval. The... The source here is Lanny Watkins. When they say unnamed sources, it's Lanny Watkins. The Post has all but admitted that their source was him. It's interesting how how now you know, too, what an unnamed source essentially is. Hey, Stevie, how you doing, buddy? Hi, Diane. Ben Murphy, thanks so much for the coffee yesterday. If you're in the area, stop by again. <laughs> This time I don't have coffee. It's like I had like seven cups of coffee yesterday and nine different energy drinks. I had one I brought in. Ben gave me a monster. Mama Kay came in and gave me uh, another energy drink. So by the time everything was, everybody had split here, I had, uh, 
I, I had like four cans of Monster and energy drinks, five cups of coffee, and I think I drank one of them and had my energy drink, and that was pretty much it. So anyway, thanks, Ben, for that. So again, their source was Lanny Watkins. So now you know what an unsame, unnamed source is. Now, if you are a reporter and, and you're like Carl Bernstein or whatever, and you're doing stories like this on this level, and you're using sources, do you think you need to kind of double check if you know that your source is actually the lawyer for one of the people involved in this case? Because that actually, you have to question the motivations of these people. Uh, It's not like this source was somebody outside of uh, the realm, but if somebody's directly tied to well, in this case, a criminal. Don't you think you need to be a little more careful about how you approach this? But CNN reported it like it was the end of the world, which makes me wonder whether or not Bernstein and when they when they Woodward and Bernstein talked about Deep Throat, whether or not really in the end it, it they really didn't have that many sources at all. And it was just one. And I don't know whether we ever really found out who Deep Throat was. I think there was one guy on his deathbed who said he was Deep Throat. But nonetheless, uh, I think they're I think they're assuming that we're gonna just going to buy into this story because Bernstein's involved in it. But boy, did it fall apart. It collapsed in a big way, a monumental way, and kind of took attention away from the Trump bashing upon the death of John McCain. They kind of – but, you know, nonetheless, Fox News – one of the few people actually reporting the story, and they hate CNN. Post has now updated its story, naming Lanny Davis as its source, but CNN is standing by its story, saying they are confident in the reporting. Which there's the difference. Now, I'm not saying the Washington Post is really any better, but there's the difference right there. You have the Washington Post saying, "Um, we're bailing on this story. Never mind," and CNN saying, "No, it's true." Because Carl Bernstein said it was. Good luck with that. I'd surprise the Senate Intelligence Committee, who interviewed Cohen extensively about Russian interference in the campaign. But those familiar with Cohen's testimony reportedly say he had no information about the Trump Tower meeting. Of course he didn't, Mark Kaysen. These people have nothing. That's why when the story was reported, the first people to kind of get out and say, "Um, I don't think that's true, were people on the Senate Intelligence Committee. Because Lanny Watkins is out there saying, hey, you know, I, I, he knew about the meeting and blah, 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 blah. And the Senate Intelligence Committee is like, he did because we interviewed him for a long time and he didn't say one word about all this. The president certainly wasn't letting Lanny Davis walk back without notice, tweeting, quote, (laughs) the answer is that I did not know about the meeting. Just another phony story by the fake news media. Yeah. And that's why we love President Trump, because he never misses a beat and he is never in any way, shape or form uh, going to let something like this pass. 
And now it's funny because I wonder whether or not the story now is going to be uh, – let's see. It's August 25th. I don't know what time he put the tweet out. But the you know the, because they all had a countdown clock, of course, uh, running. They all had a clock running. And you notice the big story was that President Trump uh, was golfing less than 17 hours after the death of John McCain. And like, okay, 17 hours, that's, is that, that's too short of a time? Is that what you're, you're saying? And now it's like President Trump was treating uh, less than 36 hours after the death of John McCain. Everything's, everything's going to be, you know, only hours after – this many hours after the death of John McCain, I'm sure, and right up until Saturday. Davis also indicated that Michael Cohen had information that Donald Trump also knew about Russians hacking Democratic emails. Now Davis isn't so sure about that one either. Shannon. Yeah, I think his quote is, I'm not sure. Yeah. It's, I'm not sure. That's not, I'm sure. That's not what the CNN is reporting, and yet they are continuing to stick with this story and refusing to back away from it. It's a pretty major story, though, to tell you the truth. When a outfit, a news outfit comes out and says that the president knew about, first of all, a Russian meeting, but also that he knew about the hacking of the opposition party's campaign. That's just that, – that's not – acceptable just simply to bounce that around and, and it's kind of the way these people are are bouncing around this idea that somehow president trump is treasonous or bad for the country or whatever it's like you, I, I heard mark stein talk about this on tucker carlson yesterday and stein is like you're why are you treating these really important and hardcore accusations against the president of the United States like it's just coffee chit-chat. I mean, if you're going to say a president is a traitor to the country, then go for it. Then then go full bore on it. I mean, like, Brennan shouldn't just be allowed to run around and throw out the idea that the president is a traitor. That's serious business. That's just not something you simply discuss in between bites of a BLT. It's a pretty important thing. And, and when you're going on the news and accusing a president of, I mean, that, that's a crime, by the way, of, of knowingly accepting the idea that a foreign emissary is hacking a, an opponent's campaign, that's, that's a pretty big deal accusation. I mean, not to mention the fact, not the other, not mention the other stuff that the president said the N word and there's no proof of it, or the president's a racist and there's no proof of it. I mean, we've we've actually long gone past just simply accepting that people are just going to call President Trump a racist and never have to prove it. So we've already kind of gotten to the point where we're so jaded now. It's just like, oh, okay, you just said the president's a racist. Yeah, get in line. Nobody ever has to prove it at all. But now we're getting into things that are important legal matters. These are important things. These are important statements that people make. And just to casually throw them around is is, is a weird realm that we're in right now.
Because generally, if you really believe the president was a traitor, wouldn't you take the extra steps to try to remove him from office or do whatever instead of just going on and running your fat mouth about it? Or if you really believe the president committed a crime, this is more than just a Carl Bernstein get up there and talk about it thing. This is you pursuing it and going legal routes and everything else. Uh, an unnamed source accusing the president of a federal crime is a pretty big deal. If you're a news outlet and you have an unnamed source that is telling you the president committed a crime, aren't you at that point then going to the authorities with that source? And why isn't that source going to the authorities? Which is why the story fell apart because they heard this Lanny Watkins, and I'm sorry this is if it's so complicated. For you folks, I'm, it's not. I'm not trying to underestimate it. It's just sometimes you're like, let's see, Lanny Watkins, Cohen, Burtz. I mean, it's like, what is, you know. But if you're Lanny Watkins and you're going out there, and when he went out there and said the president knew about the meeting and knew about the hacking, the Senate Intelligence Committee automatically just, their their radar went up. They're like, um... That's a big deal. And then they realized, well, Cohen didn't tell us that, so it's totally fake. But people are watching. People are paying attention. And so now the news media is getting caught much easier. Yeah, what did I say, Lanny Watkins? (laughs) He's a golfer. Thank you, Margaret. (laughs) Lanny Watkins. Oh, I know, Linda. I guess I had Tiger on. I guess I had Tiger on my mind because I'm a, about that seven o'clock run a hot poker through this uh, up this Max Kellerman's rear end uh, on the other side of this break when Gia comes in because this is the ESPN guy. So maybe I had golf on my mind. Lanny Watkins is. I think he's on the senior tour by now. I think. I think I don't. I don't know. Bill Harrison. What's up, buddy? Hey, I thought you guys had a show going on pretty soon here on Radio Free Almond. Anyway, to my point, now the news media is not getting away as easy as they and they got away before with just simply running stories out that the president is a federal criminal. It's kind of like, um, I don't think you can just say that anymore. You got to have to have proof because it became a big story. And this is a great example of where CNN just simply overstepped its bounds, went just a little too far and, 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 and wound up now desperately trying to swim back. But instead of actually desperately trying to swim back, they're just going to go ahead and just throw their arms up and drown and hope nobody sees them. Uh, Trace Gallagher, thank you very much. <laughs> For more sure. now, Fox News contributors Jessica Tarlov and Shirley Charlie Hurt are here to weigh in. Jessica, I'll start with you. Uh, these are not minor points to stumble <laughs> over. No, they definitely are, and especially judging by how excited everyone on my side of the aisle got when we heard that Michael Cohen had knowledge that President Trump knew about the Trump Tower meeting. I'm and- sorry I'm making you listen to Jessica Tarlov, but we're just getting to, we, I want to get to Charlie on this one because he has a good point to make, but you're going to have to. Uh, Listen to Jessica Tarlow's voice. Given the sign-off here, I think it's going to become increasingly difficult for CNN to continue to dig in their heels on this one. Especially- and by the way, she's a she's a liberal, and, and really, not, honestly, not 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 bad. I'm not you know, but but she's a liberal, and she's saying, um, 
This is making us really look bad when we're just throwing this stuff out there. The traction of the Washington Post, and I believe the New York Post as well, um, has updated their story. Uh, we'll see what goes on. President Trump is going to call them fake news no matter what, uh, but best to not add. Uh, that's not true. President Trump calls it fake news when it's fake news. And this is fake news. This is why people, they are described as the enemy. This is why the president and others are just not off their rocker and they're on to something when we talk about a media that seemingly does not care uh, about this country and about being accurate about its president. Fodder to that claim. Get your story straight and so we can move on to, you oh. know, what Michael Cohen will say tomorrow. Well, and here's the thing is that Michael Cohen now, as a witness, this comes into play because if Lanny Davis is getting this from his client, Michael Cohen, then that raises all kinds of other questions. The Washington Post, Aaron Blake writing this. It's damaging to Cohen's credibility. Davis is his lawyer and spokesman after <laughs> all, which means these claims effectively came from Cohen himself. Yeah, I mean, this is a mess. And so Mark Kaysen... You are watching yet another fantasy explode in front of your very eyes. Just telling you. And I know you were in yesterday, and I know you still think that the president is going to be dragged out in a, in a straight jacket or whatever it, you think that it is. And I know that you're still holding out hope that we're all going to be packing into a van and going and visiting the president in federal prison or whatever it is you have uh, conjured in your little little mind there. But this ain't happening, dude. And it's another example of something that everybody says was there and suddenly taint there. Yeah. Yeah. Good morning this morning and happy Tuesday, everybody. Coming up in just about a half hour, we are going to talk to Jimmy Hoff, the Gateway Pundit. He's going to be in at about 730. Uh, Gia Valenti is going to be in in just a little bit, too. And ESPN, there's another guy now who has come out. Over there at ESPN. And you talk about accusing people of uh, of crimes. This guy basically just did it and there was no there was nobody to correct him or get things going and say, hey dude, uh, that's not true. It's not accurate. And so that was kind of a debacle, but it's again why you just told you how CNN's ratings are down. I'm going to tell you why the ratings for ESPN are down. Even though there were good people on that at that station at that place, but they're not helping themselves at all. We are live here in the Discovery Design Studios. Thank you all for joining us. DiscoveryDesignInc.com is where you're going to. Uh, Get all of your trucking needs. You need something painted. You need a Venco hoist. You need a you need a conveyor for your roofing. Call my guys. 
over at discoverydesigninc.com. I want to ask you guys, I saw a headline in the post about a teacher getting shot uh, to death, by the way. Well, I was wounded. Sorry. But a, a jogger. And the guy gets uh, a guy gets 22 years in prison for ambushing a jogger, a Francis Howell High School teacher, just minding his own business. This individual gets 22 years in prison for it. Why doesn't he get 50? Why doesn't he get 75? And is that part of the problem that we have in this country is we don't punish people for crimes that are really pretty horrible. And I don't know, maybe you all think 22 years in prison is a, is a long time, and, and, and maybe it is for some people. But but the fact of the matter is you're you're we're just letting these people completely off the hook. And twenty two years for shooting somebody gratuitously on a, a jogging trail is is essentially a horrible crime. And yet for twenty two years that's all you're gonna get? That's pretty crazy. Oh, Margaret, this is uh, Nirvana. This is All Apologies. It's a great tune. And I, I didn't get kicked off, did I? Did I? No, I didn't. Boy, I thought for sure they were going to. I tried to. You saw what I was doing there. I played a little bit, then I started talking over it. And I think that's the key. Because normally, and I don't know what Nirvana's situation is generally, about all that, and I don't know what you you might know more about that, Matt. But uh, Nirvana certainly isn't in the public domain, so and you'd you'd think that they would catch this like boom, but they didn't. So I managed to kind of uh, trick them a little bit. Oh, thanks, dude. Cool Look at this, Matt's bringing me coffee. Thanks, brother. Yeah, I forgot. I I my my my. So hey, by the way, Nirvana though, there's that's something they'd kick me off for, right? I mean, it, I mean you. <laughs> yeah, if I just let if I just let Nirvana run like that, uh, they would have kicked me off. But you know, I let it off. I let it run a little bit, didn't I? And then I talked over it a little bit and it worked out pretty well. But I was kind of getting a little nervous. But I think I found the key to that. I don't know. Makes me want to kind of want to do it more. I'm not going to play around too much, but I think we've, we figured out the, uh, the rhythm there. We figured out the way of, uh, you know, serpentine, you know, you ever see the movie, the in-laws with, uh, Alan Arkin and Peter Falk. If you guys ever watched that movie, the in-laws, that's a great movie, by the way, in case you haven't watched the in-laws before. Peter Falk and Alan Arkin, who I, I love Alan Arkin. Uh, but Peter Falk is great too. You remember Peter Falk from from Columbo, and that was a, that was a great that was a great show, Columbo. 
I love that. I loved all those detective shows, but Columbo was cool. Come on in, Gia. You can come in. Uh, but Columbo was awesome. Eh, yeah. Uh, one more question for you, partner. One more question for you, boss. Hi, Gia. Hi. How are you? Great. Are nice you? to see you. Looking great in your ride. What does your church say? Rider uh, spirit. Yeah, there you go. Ancient. Motorcycle. Oh, yeah. She's a Harley girl. see me on one. <laughs> I just like to wear the clothes. Uh, I know. I, I kind of, yeah, I, I, tried to, I tried one time to, to, to ride a motorcycle and uh, tried to learn to ride a motorcycle. I actually did it a couple times. Once I did it and I... Dumped the bike at the, at the last time, like right before I was going to be able to get my license, I dumped the bike on my foot. Ooh. And so uh, that hurt for a long time. And then I never was able to do that again. Then I went down to Sirdi Carly and took the course there. And then, and then for some reason, I, I was the worst motorcycle rider because I I just didn't I couldn't relax on the on the bars you know I couldn't relax on the 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 whatever you accelerate mm-hmm. or whatever you think that it's the, the throttle mm-hmm. and so I just wasn't very good at at what doing that kind of thing so I felt like I was such a spaz when it came to riding a motorcycle I wasn't fit to do it because I would be the guy that would instead of braking. I would be the guy that accelerated and into a wall or something. That's just kind of. Can you ride a bike, a regular bike? <laughs> yeah, I can ride a bike. <laughs> well, it's similar. You know, there's a the well, left brake and the right. Right. It is similar, except one has horsepower right. <laughs> when you make a mistake and the other doesn't. So uh, if I made a mistake on a bike, the worst thing that can happen is maybe it'll fall out from under me or whatever. When you make a mistake on a motorcycle, you're kind of. It's fatal. It's dumb. Yeah. yeah, and so I, but but for whatever reason, I wasn't able to. Uh, I wasn't good at it. That's all. I, I that 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 was that was my biggest problem. I just wasn't very good at. it. But I really enjoyed it. I had this idea that I was going to, but I never did. So I've how been are on you? The back. I've been on the back before, and that's yeah. That was yeah. enough. Thank you for my coffee, man. I, I you know I, I didn't bring any coffee in with me, and I, and I wound up having like. Ten different caffeinated items in front of me yesterday, thanks to Ben Murphy, and then thanks to Mama Kay. Do you like that haunted St. Louis thing? By the yeah, way, yeah, it was great. It's pretty cool, it. huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just—I was fascinated. A lot of people loved it. I spent the whole hour on it, so a lot of people loved it. But I came up with the wise idea the other day. Was it Friday or something? I think it's maybe Friday. So I decided because because getting coffee in the morning on the way is one of my most time consuming operations. And so where do you go? Oh, I was like a a couple places. Uh, Yeah. There's one up here on Kings highway. I go to, which is really usually pretty easy because the parking lot is kind of difficult, whatever. And then, but there's another one near me closer to my house. But invariably what happens is I get in there. uh, And, and and if I'm, if everything has to work, absolutely flawlessly like i, I right. like like everything ha- i have to get my coffee get it and go unfortunately what happens though is you go in and invariably i get behind the person mm-hmm. who has 10 or a dozen of those lottery things oh yeah 
It and, takes and, a while and, with those. Yes. And I not only have the person who has a dozen of them, I get behind the person who actually has like the, the little folder that you have. Like they have like a folder full of them. Like they're, yeah. they're serious they're lottery players. Mm-hmm. And, and, and of course, there's no separate line for the lottery thing. So I'm standing behind this person and invariably that's the person. I'm, and, and, I'm, and the clock is ticking and, you know, that's yeah. you. So, that happens to me a lot too. Yes. So I decided then what I was going to do is uh, I was going to buy my coffee the night before. In the microwave it? <laughs> No, just kind of have it and just sit it in my car. I was going to go to the coffee place, get it, uh, and and and, uh, and and just keep it in my car for the morning because I don't care. I don't need hot coffee. Right. Like okay. the whole idea of having one thousand degree coffee when I'm just no. I just pour water in it anyway and make cool so it off so I can it. drink it. So I want the I want the caffeine. I don't need to sit here and go. Oh, hi everybody. Uh, Jamie here at Radio Free Almond. It's so cozy and cu- cupping my cup and. <laughs> you know, whispering to everybody, oh, you know, it's just this, this Nancy Pelosi thing. No, I want the caffeine. I want it delivered right to me. If I could stab it in my vein, I'd do it. But anyway, so I don't need it to be cold or hot. Right. So that's why I put it in my – I just left it in my console. So when I came out the next morning, there was my coffee. Okay. But you could little, also – Little did I know, it had been sitting in the, that thing all day long. Oh, Yeah. So it tasted terribly. I couldn't even drink it. Why don't you bring something in here? You mean like a coffee maker? Yeah. Well, uh, Matt has one. So. Well, I know. I've had a cup out of there. But, you know, you could just come in, set up, Keurig, push a button. Little yeah. Keurig thing? Yeah. I have a, you know, I also have a Cameron Coffee grinder. I have a big-ass grinder down in my basement that I don't use. There you go. I, I could have fresh ground coffee. Yeah. Mountain grown. Mountain grown. I'm a little worried, though, about the amount of uh, caffeine that you did take in yesterday. And I'm not one of those. Like, I'm a caffeine freak. Yeah. But, you know, all these monsters and stuff. I didn't have any of them. I just had one. I had okay. my little monster thing. But, but Mama K brought me in one of those uh, healthy caffeine, you know, drinks, whatever those. Uh, it looked like it was kind of a natural Mama K hippie little uh, okay. energy drink. Okay. And then Ben just gave me like a monster that had like 500 calories in it. Okay. But I didn't drink that. And then I had like a couple cups of coffee. Okay. Generally, I don't do uh, – yeah, a scooter's like, how about a thermos? You know what? That actually would be so old school and cool for me to have a thermos in here. That's what my mom does. They brew it in the morning, and then they put it in a thermos, and they drink it all day. Yeah. That's what I ought to do, a thermos. Yeah. <laughs> I have a little lunchbox and a thermos in it. Did you have a lunchbox when yeah, you were a little girl? Of course. With a thermos in it? Uh-huh. The little, so you could have soup. Oh. And it was tin. I think it was Scooby-Doo. Maybe it was the mystery machine or something. Yeah, yeah. I love the that. The mystery van. What was it called? The mystery machine. No. Scooter and his thermos. Oh. I never think about practical things like that. I don't know why those are so elusive to me. These just these easy okay, right. answers. I'm the same way. I just make things so complicated for myself. All the time, it seems. Can I share a story about complicated and simple? Yes. Oh, speaking of that, by the way, before we get to that, yeah. learnwithmoxie.com. Mm-hmm. Are you able to say my news yet? Yeah. No. Okay. But anyway, it's good news. Learnwithmoxie.com. Awesome. Gia's new venture where she is uh, attempting to break children of their grip on 
devices well, and all that kind of stuff. But anyway. I don't yeah, know if I can break their grip, but I'm just going to help them be able to talk. Yes. Because they're losing their ability to communicate and they're losing their social skills and they're losing all of that. So. True. Anyway. Complicated story. So my son, you know, we're back to school now and it's homework time and getting back into the groove is sometimes challenging for a child like my son. So he, and you know, it's handwriting. He loves math and all that, but handwriting, which I think girls probably like that more than boys anyway. I don't want to make a, you know, a generalization, but Kimberly. he's like, I don't want to write the city is pretty or whatever, you know, nice. <laughs> he said he doesn't want to do that. Well, I mean, he's just, it's, it's like, it's painful yeah. doing it. So he's got these sentences that he has to copy and um, it's like pulling teeth. Eddie, it's so easy. You don't even have to come up with anything. You're just going to copy this. So in comes my friend who was, I had her daughter and she teaches children and she works with um, behavioral issues and just special needs in general. And is she, this the same Eddie that peed on the wall at recess? Oh yes. Okay. This is, yeah. So she comes in. Good for him. And she said, you know, do you have an index card? And I said, yeah. And she said, you know, just cover up with the index card the things he's already done so that he can see what he has left so it's not as daunting. And I'm thinking, I'm a mom, right? I, this is my son. How am I not able to navigate and figure out what's, you know, something as simple as, well, of course that makes sense. <laughs> of course. It's like right. you see what you've accomplished. Anyway, so I, I can relate to not being able to see things simply and just problem yeah. solve. Like, yeah. I always admire like, people like that who just know how to just, oh, just do this. You're like, Wow. Yeah, that's really that's a really good, you know. Or are you just like, why don't you get a coffee maker? I'm going. Yeah, that. I mean, yeah, I'm here pretty much. I pretty yeah. much know I'm going to be here every time. Why don't I just get a coffee maker, or or a scooter? Why don't you just get a thermos? I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea. Instead, I'm like, no, I'm going to wake up, be in a rush, and go by a convenience <laughs> store and stand by a guy who's buying twenty lottery tickets and stress myself out. Right. <laughs> and then speed here and get trapped in the light. And by right. the time I'm here, I'm just all disheveled. That's right. No, I'm going to choose to do that <laughs> instead. Anyway, it was great. That, 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 uh, so was it a wall or a tree? A tree. Oh, well, at least it was a tree. Good for Eddie. There's a little bit of, I have a little responsibility in this. So first of all, he's a boy and he likes to, I mean, yeah. who doesn't want to just pee outside, right? How great. What a great opportunity you guys have it's awesome i'm so jealous of that yeah we but, don't we don't off we don't take it all the time no but yeah. no but i mean it's such a great you know when you gotta go you gotta go yeah so here he is and he has to go really bad and he's having so much fun at recess that you know it's like <laughs> how do i stop having fun and go tell <laughs> the teacher that i have to go to the bathroom so his buddy says why don't you just pee outside that's what a real man would do or oh, is that what he said yeah too? that's what a real man would do oh. so he goes to the tree so when eddie has soccer practice Sometimes the inside of school is locked or the, the doors are locked so you can't get inside. So there have been times that I've said, buddy, let's just go over here to this tree real fast yeah, and sure. go. And it's the same tree that I always take him to. So he is thinking, well, God, mom always takes me to this tree to go. <laughs> I may as well go. Oh. Well, then his friends started running over and they're like, hey, he's peeing by the tree. So drawing attention to him, right? Now, wait a minute. Uh, you know, you, uh, Paul – your LEO, uh, brave uh -huh. LEO husband is pointing out that Eddie is listening. Just <laughs> Eddie, please do not pee on a tree at school today. Please. 
Oh, it's funny. Oh, man, not funny. even two weeks into school. He says hi, says Paul. So, Eddie. Hi, buddy. I love you. <laughs> I think it's awesome, and, they, and these aren't and these aren't embarrassing things. I mean, to me, that's that's a feather in Eddie's cap. That whole thing. Although Eddie, listen, listen to your dad. I don't listen. I'm just. I'm, I'm not. You know, <laughs> I'm not encouraging you to do it. I'm just telling you, uh, worst things have happened. It's true. Yeah, and he's learned his lesson. He said he'll never do it again. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, do you uh, are you a sports person at all? Mm-hmm. Okay. Kind of. I mean, I heard what you were talking. I have no idea what you're talking about. All right. Talk about, so, so, so ESPN, and, and this is driving me crazy. Uh, and, and this yesterday, I played you the Tiger Woods interview, and he's up there at this tournament, and they are attempting to. Well, Tiger's attempting to talk about golf, and the reporters want to, him to say something about President Trump. And it's like because he's played golf with President Trump before. Sure. So this must be something that that uh, th- they extract from him something about President Trump. And so it's not just, hey, what was it like playing golf with President Trump? It was like, oh, do you agree with President Trump's policies? What do you think of those in light of the fact that you're a golfer and you played golf with him before? What do you think about his policies? And they want, you know, they obviously want Tiger to. Since Tiger's making a resurgence, they want to add him to their little group of people who will call Trump a racist or something, you know. And then they could, you know, they could talk about how Tiger called President Trump a racist. And Tiger's like, you know, it's the office of the presidency. I respect the office. Yeah. Bottom line. Of course, the ESPN guys and others just would have none of that. They have they they absolutely don't didn't want to hear that, which is why they didn't talk about it a lot, except in the context of bitching about the fact that Tiger didn't attack President Trump. And so there's this show called First Take, which is it the morning show or something? I don't know. I don't know why anybody watches a sports channel for anything but sports. Right. Like I again, you know, I do talk sports sometimes, but I don't really know what I'm talking about usually, and so people don't turn to me for sports. They don't come to me for sports radio, uh, and maybe some story or something they'd come to the show for sports. But they don't. If you want to get sports and you want to hear sports news and stuff, you go to a sports radio station or you know sports show. So. If you go to ESPN, you're not going there to hear them talk about President Trump. You're not hearing you're not going to hear them talk about like that's why this Jamel Harris kook is now, well, she's six million dollars richer. You know, she's the one who called Trump a racist and is now they're paying her to leave. You talk about black privilege. You're you're a dumb black ESPN anchor and you're and you're and you're you're incessantly talking about how Trump's a racist and your ratings are tanking and you get $6 million to leave. Not too shabby. Huh? Not too shabby. There's probably going to be more of that coming down the pike. You know, if they're going to pay me $6 million to leave and I'll probably never have to work again after calling the president Trump a racist, you think more people are going to call him a racist? Probably. Anyway, they're on with, um, uh, on the show called uh, uh, First Take. And he's on 
with this guy. I forgot his name. He's normally a a uh, Stephen. I want to say something or other. Stephen Wright or Stephen something or other, and and, and he's co hosting this show. Now, the Stephen dude is normally fairly, and people help me out if you can, if you can, because I don't know, I don't know this guy's name. I watch MLB highlights when I'm able to operate the TV. Sometimes when I can, when I can actually get the clicker on or whatever. Sometimes if I if I need to before the kids go to bed, I ask them to turn MLB tonight on for me, so I don't have to mm-hmm. mess around with it. Because if I I forget and then they're in bed. And I'm preparing the show and stuff, and I want to watch baseball highlights. I sometimes wind up um, watching a blue screen <laughs> that has bubble guppies on it <laughs> because I can't figure the clicker out. But anyway, I watch that for highlights because I like that show, and, I, and those guys just talk about baseball, and you're just seeing highlight after highlight after highlight. So I don't, re- so I don't really watch ESPN. Stephen Smith, thank you, Wayne. Thank you, buddy. My, my always are always reliable Facebook people mm-hmm. are so knowledgeable and will and will help me out when I am dumb. But anyway, Stephen Smith, who's normally a reasonable person, I've I've seen him on the air before. He's talked about things before, and he's not one of these gunslingers out there. But he's on with this guy Max Kellerman, who I've never heard of before in my life. So he's on with Max Kellerman, and Kellerman is flipping out over. The fact that Tiger Woods didn't attack President Trump, but his means of flipping out were so frustrating because he just told lie after lie about President Trump. It was like listening to, you know, and I'm sure you've heard it before or whatever, uh, where these people are just spewing out information about Trump and about being under investigation when they really don't have any idea really what's going on. They're just kind of like it's, – it's like listening to uh, – and I'm, I don't want to demean college students, but people who are like these fervent Republican Trump haters who just simply say, you know, collusion, Russia, blah, blah, blah. But he's, you know, they don't really know anything about it. They just kind of have heard a surface-level attack on him. But Kellerman buys completely into it. So I'm going to break this down a second here, and then I'm going to get to uh, – cause I'll let you speak. It, so. But overall, in terms of the statement of respecting the office – I've always felt that way about the presidency, whether George W. Bush, Bill Clinton, Ronald Reagan, or anybody else was in there. Now, that's Stephen Smith, who that's a reasonable statement to make. You know, I, I, he's like, you know, listen, I respect the office. I agree with that. Whether it be George Bush or Bill Clinton, I respect the office, blah, 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 blah. And this Kellerman dude just will have none of this. I totally disagree with what Tiger said strongly and i disagree with your analysis here and i just want to say something because i know it came from a good place when you said that i'm informed but i I don't have an idiot i have an ideological tilt in fact but i keep that off the air no uh uh, well not anymore so now he's now he's going to be fully out here so to speak and and it's going to be and it's going to be fairly obvious that he has an ideological bet and by the way this is a sports and even though it's tiger woods i get it but does it, is it really necessary to have just yet more MSNBC-like blathering example, on here? example, the great John McCain passed. Ideologically, <laughs> I disagreed with him fundamentally about many things. Mm-hmm. But his death will be useful for me to attack Donald Trump. So now I love John McCain. That's kind of what everybody's doing now. Mm-hmm. Is John McCain suddenly this, this saint 
when other when when the New York Times at one time called John McCain a, a racist and possibly too old to run, who could possibly die in office. Now suddenly John McCain is, you know, mm-hmm. John Adams. Anyway. Well, Max Kellerman, but, I, I'm actually pretty impressed that I know more than that man does because if he thinks this is the first time Tiger Woods has played golf with Donald Trump, he's sadly mistaken. Tiger lives in Jupiter and he plays Trump national regularly and he's played with Trump more than just this occasion. So why is it such a big deal now that they're on the golf course and he's defending his, you know, but, but but the thing is Tiger wasn't even on the golf course with him. They were just, they were, this was during a tournament and the, and the reporters were just simply reminding Tiger that he once played golf with Trump right. or before played golf with Trump. So it wasn't even after a round with Trump. It was just kind of like, you know, you used to play golf with Trump. What do you think about him being this racist, horrible, misogynist, N-word using, terrible <laughs> man? What do you think, Tiger? Tiger's like, um, I just respect the office. And this guy's going ape. He was a great man and a great American and had he won the general election whether or not I voted for him I would have been proud to call him the president of the United States my president okay that so ideology has nothing to do with my commentary on Trump okay so how many times have you heard people because you know that they really aren't confident in what they're saying so that's why like like when he goes nothing to do when he's pointing he's using his follow the bouncing ball (laughs) hand gestures you know you know the guy's about to like tell you something he really doesn't know, and he's got he's got it all written on a piece of paper, and they're going to help him out by going to video while he goes to his piece of paper. That whoever put his piece of paper together, if he did it, it's completely inaccurate. But he's about to tell us all the things evil about President Trump. Listen, as it relates to sports, okay. nothing to do with it. In fact, I know people. Some people don't believe that. That is the truth. Um, yeah, we're talking about someone under multiple. Okay. So this is where he goes, um, looks down, and this is where they go to video to try to bail him out because they tell We're talking him. about someone under multiple federal investigations. Yep. That's a lie. President Trump is not under multiple federal investigations. Unless there's a federal investigation out there that I don't know, to my knowledge, President Trump isn't under one federal investigation. There is a special prosecutor looking into elements of his campaign, whatever, but there is no indication and has been no indication that President Trump is the target of any federal investigation. And so to say he's under multiple federal investigations is just patently false. Unfortunately, Stephen Smith, as smart as he is, he doesn't know that's untrue, so he's not not stopping Max Kellerman in his tracks, which Kellerman desperately needs to be stopped. Um about possible conspiracy with a hostile foreign power to fix a U.S. election. His close associates, several of them, have already been convicted or have pled guilty. He's essentially, at this point, a co-conspirator. I mean, absolutely, totally untrue. And 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 by the way, when you're on a te- television network and you are doing reporting, whatever, there's no such thing as essentially a co-conspirator. Either you're a co-conspirator or you're not. You're not kind of one, you're not, you don't look like one, and you're not essentially one. You're either a co-conspirator or you're not, and President Trump is, and this is about the third time I've heard somebody on TV say that he's a co-conspirator, just as a casual kind of 
reference to something. That's a, it's a crime to be a co-conspirator. And, and, and President Trump is in charge with being a co-conspirator, and there's no indication and not one person who has indicated officially that President Trump is a co-conspirator. So, so why is it that we just can't be precise or careful with our language, whether it be calling somebody a racist or calling somebody a co-conspirator, or even for that matter, declaring as a matter of fact that the president is under multiple federal investigations? It's just patently wrong. Um, um, you know, to multiple felonies to which his lawyer has confessed. <laughs> I mean, this, this guy has no idea what he's talking about. A co-conspirator to multiple felonies to which his lawyer has confessed. His lawyer has confessed to multiple felonies, but President Trump has not been involved in any of those. And in fact, the one time they tried to make him involved, the story blew up, which is why I called Lanny Davis Lanny Watkins, because I had <laughs> golf on my mind earlier. I mean, we're not talking about a normal situation here. When but that's Tiger a Woods, subject for another day because well, but we, except yeah, that seems right. I said, um, can we not do this because because right. you, you just laid out and, and he talked with the producers clearly about covering him with video while he's doing this so that he didn't have to look like he was reading from these notes that were apparently written by an imbecile and probably him and so he got a little cover there. But Stephen Smith's like, dude, can we just like move on? Except that we are else? talking about the current. Office holder. Yeah, but I just want to—I want to say something about what Tiger Woods said. Okay, now. go ahead. The, I, it really bothers me. I, I don't—I am angry at what Tiger Woods said mm -hmm. because it, it is—it is a thoughtless statement dressed up as a thoughtful statement, and it either holds in contempt the intelligence of the people who hear it, mm -hmm. or else it's just a stupid thing to say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and of course. He doesn't believe that saying you disrespect the office is enough. He, he, needed, he needed Tiger Woods to be just like Max Kellerman and just go off half-cocked and blather on about how Trump is a traitor and a racist and a whatever. And this is what we're getting at ESPN. I'm thinking to myself, no wonder their ratings are just are, – are, are tanking. No wonder they're in such bad shape over there. Let me call uh, Jimmy Hoff. I hope this is his number. I think it is. Hang on. I think I think this is his number. Hang on. And ESPN isn't playing the Star Spangled Banner anymore, right? Yeah, that the yeah I mean, that, that that was ultimately their answer. Let me just. Uh, sorry, I, I I didn't. Uh, and and also, don't forget that uh, I got to call Doug Giles at eight thirty. Oh gosh. <laughs> okay. I was. We were good at. We were good at with it last. I've, last I'm starting to see a common thread here. I'm What's on that? when you have to call Doug. So that I can remind you to call Doug. Yeah. You think that's because, the only reason you're on? Because you know that after that one time I made the mistake when we were talking about hair braiding. Yeah. That I will never get, let you get off uh, time again. So I'm here to help you remember Doug. And I'm here to call Jim Hoff. Okay. The Gateway Pundit. Great. Five minutes late. But I think I think it'll work out. You you reminded me of a Nickelback song right there. You know, this oh. is how you remind Are me. Are you gonna play it? Yeah, I'm probably, okay. probably going to. Good. Eventually. See if Jim. Uh, he's supposed to be on yesterday, and then I had to move him. So, see if he's going to be awake here. 
Hello. Good morning this morning, Jimmy Hoff, the Gateway Pundit. How are you, buddy? Great, Jamie. Good morning. Uh, uh, good morning to you too, my friend, and thanks for being so uh, so flexible for me. I appreciate that. So uh, I, I, I was watching with uh, – well, we just broke down this whole Max Kellerman ESPN thing. I, for the life of me, can't figure out – well, I can't figure out now how ESPN and, and CNN are both just hemorrhaging audiences because – as we saw with CNN and this completely inaccurate story, suddenly it's blowing up in their face and they're still sticking to it. And then we have ESPN, all these people blathering on about how they wish Tiger Woods had taken a shot at Trump. It's like, how, how is it possible people are still watching these programs and these networks still, even though I know they've been losing audience, but how is it possible to have anybody watching them at this point? Yeah, Absolutely. You know, I used to like that Max Kellerman. He was great with boxing. This was years ago. But now he's just become a bit of an unhinged loon. And uh, what the hell happened to ESPN? It seems like it's – obviously, it took a while for it to get so far left. But um, uh, it's, it's not even a sports channel anymore. It's some political uh, talk show. So, uh, yeah, that's, out, that's outrageous. I don't know. I think it's just uh, – uh, it's insane, and uh, again, it's not a good business plan, but they don't seem to care. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Now, also yesterday, uh, and again, we're hearing uh, th- this whole John McCain thing is getting really embarrassing, mostly now for, unfortunately, John McCain. And I realize they had that whole flag-raising thing and the, and, and, the, and the flag deal going on yesterday. I, I get all that. But when McCain, when they issued that statement the you know the after death statement which was so petty and took a shot at Donald Trump and then we learn uh, even though I saw a headline going Trump won't be attending McCain's funeral I'm going okay that's probably not really the the real story then I learn later on oh it's because John McCain didn't want him there yeah how petty is that and that cheap shot he gave Trump at from the grave was. I mean, uh, it's, it's just, uh, J- Jamie, uh, I know you're a good Catholic and, uh, and I try to be a good Catholic and I can't imagine going to my grave, holding on to something like that. So petty, you know, um, that had that, uh, I, I just, you know, I just can't imagine that that was his, uh, thought process in the final months was how he was going to screw Donald Trump. And I think it made him look, you know, even smaller than, uh, you know, some of, uh, people, uh, already thought about him. And what's interesting is I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, but all these people that are writing me that they don't like John McCain, they're not big fans of John McCain. And I'm thinking this morning of putting up this story where during the election in 2016, John McCain took a shot at Trump and his supporters. That wasn't very nice. McCain went to Arizona to give a rally. And the left came out, they blocked the highway, they were completely out of control. And of course, Trump got the blame for that every time. And John McCain went to the New Yorker later and said that Trump brought out all the crazies. And, uh, you know, he never apologized for that. He never apologized for calling uh, Trump and his supporters uh, the crazies. So, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of people that uh, have a totally different um, uh, belief of who John 
McCain really was, despite what the media is saying today. Well, on top of being a petty person, just personally, and I know that everybody has to preface everything with, uh, yeah, but he was a war hero. Okay, I get that. I acknowledge that. But just because you're a war hero doesn't mean that it just simply allows you to be small, petty, uh, ineffective, and some kind of saint in the eyes of the news media and others. And no, I, I, I agree with you on this. I'm not one of those individuals who is going to spend the entire week uh, you know, mourning the old days of politics when Democrats and Republicans got together and stuck it up our rear every, every time they turned around. I'm sorry, but I, 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 the, the great part of yesterday is that John McCain dies and NAFTA does too. And, and and those two things happening on the same uh, you know in the same week is a good thing because wow. it shows you everything you need to know because uh, John McCain and others were part of the globalist Republican cabal that set up trade deals that undermined the American worker and the American people. McCain Feingold was a disaster uh, constitutionally. It was completely anti First Amendment. And John McCain also was a, a, a cheapskate when it came to when he was a Senate Armed Services Committee leader uh, to uh, our good people at Scott Air Force Base who were still flying around in air refueler tankers that were vintage 1968. So I don't have really a whole lot of uh, love lost for John McCain, but mainly I don't have love lost for the era that he represented. He was, he was the quintessential swamp monster and he was part of a class of politicians republican and democrat who did nothing for this country positively and we never got tax reform from him we never got any we we never got immigration reform from him. everything that happened bad in this country for the past 35 years happened under the noses of the likes of john mccain so pardon me if i'm not just simply reminiscent and, and, and misty-eyed because I wish we had the days when John McCain ruled the roost because those days didn't work out for us very well. Absolutely. And don't forget that John McCain was the one who uh, went out to the Senate floor last year and put his thumb down, killing uh, any, any chance to uh, uh, revamp the horrible Obamacare bill. Um, and that was after he ran on um, getting rid of Obamacare. That was one of his main platform uh, planks when he was running for his reelection for the Senate. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I'm trying to think, uh, there's not a lot that, that, that I can think of that John McCain did that, as you said, helps the working man or woman. Um, but what's interesting to me is this was a guy who was very vocal about his hatred for Donald Trump. And I believe, uh, you know, that's always a litmus test with our media. And that explains a lot of this, uh, this, uh, you know, I, this nonstop talk about what a great man he was, um, because he hated Trump, um, and, uh, he hated Trump supporters and he was vocal about it. And, uh, uh, that, the, that's your, your go card for the media. They're going to run with, uh, with that any, any day of the week. I could imagine if he was a huge Trump supporter. And if he was uh, a little bit harder on the media of what they'd be saying today, I think it probably wouldn't be the big story it is. Yeah, and you know what? In defense of John McCain in death, I will have to say, 
it's rather demeaning to have maybe half of the laudatory statements made about John McCain being made only because they want to attack Donald Trump. And, and that's really kind of the shame of it all, because John McCain is not being assessed in any kind of real scope at this point. He's, he's being used by people who otherwise wouldn't go near the guy policy-wise or anything else, and indeed even by people who once said he was too old to run, that he was a racist, uh, that he'd die in office and all this kind of stuff. Now suddenly they put him on the front page as, as you know, our, our fallen, missed hero politician. And it's like, okay, that's the shame of it all because he's being used. One great example, right. I don't know whether you caught this uh, Allison Camerata interview, but it began with her playing the usual reporter anchor confidence game with John Sununu, where she blathered Talk on. Talk about the legacy of John McCain is former New Hampshire Governor John Sununu. He was chief of staff to President George H.W. Bush. Good morning, Governor. Morning, Allison. How are oh, you? I'm well. Oh, my gosh. Just oh, Okay, so she how- has this big smile on her face. Okay, I don't know whether you can actually hear that. Can you hear that, Jimmy? Not, not very okay, well. Okay, sorry. So anyway, she's, she's got this big smile on her face, and she's like, oh, my gosh, can you remember those days when it was back on the so whatever the hell that was called, Express, and there was John McCain on the campaign trail, John Sununu, and don't you just love those memories? And John's like, yes, I love those memories so much, Allison. Yes, John Sununu, I do too. But you know what? Doesn't he remind us of how much of an a-hole Donald Trump is? And suddenly this interview turns into this uh, disaster, and, and John Sununu sitting there Aunt going— Kelly wanted him to put out uh, about John McCain's sacrifice. Sununu's like, will you— Allison, everybody, everybody, everybody reflects their concerns in ways that are consistent with whatever they feel. I've expressed my concern. Uh, uh, the loss of John McCain, who I think was a great American, a great American hero uh, in the military, a great American hero in the political process, and frankly, a great American hero on a personal level to people that knew him well. And it is on those three levels that I sense the loss, and I have expressed my my feelings uh, of, of sorrow for him uh, having passed, and my expression of feelings of sorrow for, for his personal family who lost him and for a country who lost the great American hero. You're not alone, Governor. So many people feel that way. But, 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 and she was like, okay, this interview now is at eight minutes, Allison, and the first half of it was spent us talking about how great John McCain is, and now you have me trapped here in this double box as you peer through your goofy glasses and you have now your frown uh, suddenly on your face and you want me to attack Donald Trump and I am not going to do it. And she will not let him off the hook here to talk about something that you think you can exploit. And I find that rather unpleasant. Governor. Governor. And this thing, you could, you should, you, you could hear this black widow's, in her voice, you can hear it turn. And, and, and really what this is all about is Allison Camerata got John Sununu on there for the express purpose of utilizing John McCain to attack Donald Trump. And it took her 10 minutes because, because she used the first five greasing him up and then, and then one of the other part of it to him to take a shot at it, and she wasn't getting it. So uh, 
it went 10 minutes long. It could have been just six, but she needed more of that time because she was butthurt because Sununu wasn't going to, wasn't giving her what she wanted and she wouldn't let the guy go. And Sununu was like, please yeah, that's a, let me please. go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. I mean, it's not surprising though, but uh, I mean, it shows their intent intention for this week and they're not even covering it up anymore. They're not even trying to be slick anymore. The media, I mean, they're just so transparent with their hatred for Donald Trump that, uh, you know, they, they can't even hide it. And thank God we have a president who calls them out, you know, at least every other day <laughs> about how uh, biased they are and untrustworthy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, listen, I, I think what Sununu said about John McCain in his mind is how he feels and is and I'm sure is accurate in his in, in how he views him and that's fine. I mean I I wouldn't sit there and argue with John Sununu that well actually McCain wasn't that great of a guy that you say he was. I wouldn't dare do that. Uh, but but just to kind of get these guys on and just and and just trap them like this. And the problem is with CNN is is that is that you have just the way they produce it. You have this double box and and Sununu's sitting there and she's there, and they never like just go to her so that he can maybe escape or whatever. They have him in this permanent double box. So basically, she has him at gunpoint in this interview. And and short of him ripping his microphone off and walking away, this thing isn't going to end until until Chicky Poo gets what she wants. It's crazy. You also have some really good stuff up on uh, Gateway Pundit about the uh, about the about the tearing up of NAFTA. And you have uh, a bit here which I find um, interesting is the Obama uh, – yet another Obama lie uh, about NAFTA. And I, I found that uh, very compelling because, first of all, you had the bit where Charles Payne just absolutely eviscerates these uh, globists. But you also have a flashback here, uh, which I always love it when you do this with, with your flashbacks, where uh, Barack Obama made a promise not once, not twice – not three times, not four times, but five times to renegotiate NAFTA and, and never did. I mean, he... As we continue, scrap NAFTA, Senator Obama, or fix it. Uh, I would immediately uh, call uh, the president of Mexico, the president of Canada, to try to amend NAFTA because I think that we can get labor agreements in that uh, agreement right now. And it should reflect the basic principle that our trade agreements should not just be good for Wall Street, it should also be good for Main Street. Yeah, and, and he never lifted a finger. To do that. that was 2007, so that was in the debate, and Bill Richardson was still around for crying out loud in this thing. And, and that, was, that, was, that, was, that was Obama promising to renegotiate NAFTA, and that was the first time he made the promise, and five similar promises later never did a thing about it. Nothing. Yep. Never lifted a finger. It is amazing, isn't it? We finally have a president who uh, commits to something and then gets it done. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and, and you know what? What what Obama said right there was right. And and, and it's weird how it was no <laughs> it was no different than what President Trump was saying, and yet they when President Trump said it, they called him some kind of traitor to decency. 
or, you know, around the globe. And what about our <laughs> what about our trading partners? This is right. What he Agreements says. should not just be good for Wall Street. It should also be good for Main Street. I mean, that was a President Trump campaign talking point. Isn't that amazing? All these Democrats, they hated NAFTA. You know, not not a one of them liked NAFTA. <laughs> yeah, right. At least their base. And and now, uh, you know, Trump gets it done. And uh, of course, the media won't give him credit. And these these Democrats, uh, they're, they're a bit confused because Trump is the one that's bringing the jobs back. We have to, I, I, I would like to think that that's going to have an effect in 2018. We'll see. Yeah. Do you th- do you th- I mean, do we really think that the American blue collar worker or the auto workers are all worried? Hey, we don't want to piss off Mexico. We don't want to hurt the feelings of Canada. <laughs> it's like they were complaining about this. And I mean, NAFTA was one of those trade deals that was almost singularly responsible. I mean, I realize that the United Auto Workers didn't help sometimes. But with the drain of our automobile manufacturing in this country, I mean, and you could you could talk all, on all different lines about that. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm surprised now suddenly uh, the the left or the liberal or, or the Democrats are clinging to this thing that they didn't like in the first place. Right, and you'll notice it's not getting a lot of attention. This historic uh, win for Trump and for the country—it's just not—it's um, not making a lot of headlines today. In fact, I just popped up CNN, and I don't see a thing about the uh, the Trump uh, Mexico uh, yeah. agreement. So. Well, it's not a surprise. And you're, and you're, and you're still not going to see any retraction from them on this Lanny Davis Cohen lie. Yet another lie perpetuated <laughs> by the news media. And, and, and they both used unnamed sources. The Washington Post finally said, um, we're getting out of here. Our unnamed source was Lanny Davis. See you later. Bye. We were wrong. Sorry. Next story. CNN is like, no. We're standing by our story because, after all, Carl Bernstein, the famous Watergate reporter, is the one who has blown this thing out of the water. And we learned that actually Lanny <laughs> Davis is, is the big bad Carl Bernstein's main source of information. Crazy. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter. <laughs> no doubt about it. All right, man. Well, listen, buddy. Uh, always good talking to you. You do great work. How's your brother doing? Is he, where is he over in Hong Kong? Uh, He's in Hong Kong, my twin brother, yeah. All right, man. Yep. Well, so, you guys are a force nice to be place. reckoned with, and the Gateway Pundit is a great <laughs> place, great resource, folks. And if you want to see that flashback, because there's a, there's a lot more to it, I just played you a little snippet of it from Obama, then uh, feel free to, to knock yourselves out and check it out. So, uh, Jimmy, as always, thanks, thanks, buddy. Thanks, Jamie. Okay, see you. Never made it as a wise man. I couldn't cut it as a poor man stealing Tired of living like a blind man my I'm sick of sight without a sense of feeling And this is how you remind me Do you like Nickelback? Oh, yeah. This is how you remind me of who I, I really am oh, go ahead. This Did you hear Chris Cuomo's you me of rant about uh, Trump not going to the funeral? Acknowledged that McCain requested that he not be at his funeral, and he says, "But you go anyway. You go anyway. Don't honor the deceased wishes. 
You go anyway. Yeah, that would have that would have worked out well for the president, right? Then another contributor says, "Well, my sources. I love when they say my sources. It's like it it's, it takes the takes the ownership off of them. My sources tell me Melania is going to attend. So. Was she invited? I mean, come on, Melania. Listen, if there is a this this was a petty." sickening shot taken from the grave by John McCain and I think it kind of maybe let President Trump off the hook but the fact of the matter is you don't go anyway can you imagine had had President Trump went anyway what would happen well, it, well then it would he would it, he's damned if he does you know he's damned if he doesn't he if he would have shown up well McCain didn't want him there and he still showed up yeah I mean I just I think he's President Trump is crashing the funeral of John McCain. One last insult to the war hero, John McCain. Will Donald Trump ever stop? This is indecent and terrible. The guy cannot win, so. President Trump. All right. Can I be? Because I would not do this myself. But if I were dastardly. This is what I would do. But I'm not dastardly, so I'm not going to do okay. it. And I'm not President Trump. And if I were President Trump and I were... Dastardly. Dastardly. This is what I would do. Although it would be a terrible thing to do. But but if I were terrible, I would do it. But I wouldn't do it because I'm not terrible. Right. But if I were terrible... <laughs> Right about the time the funeral was taking place, I would be choppering in Marine One to Air Force One and flying down to Florida to play golf <laughs> on Saturday. What? I'm going down to my place to play golf. What? I'm, you didn't invite me to the funeral. And then suddenly you see Air Force One. <laughs> if I were dastardly and mean and terrible, that's what I would do. But I'm not dashingly mean and terrible, so I'm not going to do that. I wouldn't advocate that. So you like Nickelback? Yeah. All right, so I went to see uh, Nickelback's concert when they were last in town. And these guys are really good. I mean, people, for whatever reason, criticize them and and don't... uh, and, and make fun of them all the time. But... <laughs> and, and, and they're kind of easy to make fun of because, like, for instance, the guy, when he... Like, when he does this, like, they, when they do their videos, you know, they're like... They put their face in the camera, right. you know, and get all melancholy and everything uh-huh. else. But when I listened to Nickelback, and I did a whole thing with uh, Nickelback songs... And, and not all of them are, you know, the, the photograph of saving one. But if you listen to some of their songs, they are the most ripped off band by the likes of like Ed Sheeran and these other guys who, uh, to me, if you if you went to a Nickelback concert or used some of their stuff, um, and, and I never made fun of Nickelback, Lorraine. I had a, I had a little soundbite that was like, uh, look at this graph. 
They never really made fun of them. I went to their concert. But anyway, so uh, the I listened to all their songs, and you listen to some of their, their, their entire library, and you're like, man, people stole from these guys. Hmm. I had one comparison. I can't remember which one it was. So it's a visual thing? It's not so much... It's something that you saw in the concert, or is it? No, I listened to the music. Vocally or instrumental. Yeah, you it, was, feel it, was, it was the music. Really? Yeah, I mean, and, and I think listen to some of it, and I was like, it's like an Ed Sheeran song. I boiled it down. I had it all. I had I had it all. Uh, I had it all dead to rights there. Hmm. They're actually a pretty good band. They're they're great. Uh, but I remember it was funny because. <laughs> Because, you know, because everybody was, because they're Canadian, right? So. I didn't know they're Canadian. Well, they are Canadian. And so, you know, there was this whole thing about how, uh, how, this is a good song, too. You like this song? It's going to be somebody. Come on, people. So, they, uh, I'm not going to get kicked off here. You better not kick me off for Nickelback. They love me. Uh, so, you know how Ted Cruz was accused of being a, like a Canadian? Mm-hmm. So, there were these people that used to follow him around at his campaign appearances. And, and, and with signs that said, uh, Ted Cruz loves Nickelback. I mean, it was it was constant. I don't know how these people found the time for it, or how they were able to manage it or do whatever. But they were like, "Ted Cruz loves Nickelback." I thought it was funny. They're like hazing him. Poor Nickelback, though. Anyway, much better band than they they are given credit for. Do you have uh, stocks? Are you like a stock market person? I mean, we do. Like individual stocks yeah, or mutual huh. funds? Or things like, you know, like 401ks and stuff? Both. Okay. Why? Because well, the Dow? Yeah, but, but, and the NASDAQ. But but I don't... I, like, I was looking the other day. and See, I know I, I have my, my 401ks and the mutual funds and things. Uh, but I wish I need to get into individual stocks at some point. And, and I need to buy, like, the weed stocks. The pot stocks, because those are going the crazy. Cannabis industry. Yes, those are going nuts. Oh yeah. Actually, I was told by one person that a person who uh, that, that, that one person who is uh, one entity you ought to be investing is in are the people who will bring who will bring the weed to market and how they're going to do it. So that your best. Your best uh, investment might be in the people who make uh, cigarettes, because ultimately, if marijuana is legalized or whatever, even medical marijuana, which usually comes in more of a synthetic form, it's not always you know a a, uh, a form you you know it's, it's it's not always a smokable form. Although uh, I I will tell you though I have a friend and uh, she has MS mm-hmm. and pot is the only thing that helps her. Hmm. 
Weed is the only thing that helps her sufficiently through that. Because a lot of the drugs you have to take and stuff like that for these things are just horrible. They're wicked on your system. And they are uh, just really bad for you. I mean, these some of these pharmaceuticals. And so pot, which is uh, a natural product, uh, you know, God made it. God did make it. That's not what I would tell the police if they ever found it in my car or something. It's not really a defense. The but. police aren't that upset about marijuana. They're, they're just not. They're not upset. About, I mean, it's their job to, you know, take things that are, you know, illegal on your person off of you. And, you know, but that's not a big... Most of them don't even... Or think it should be legal. They don't. That'd be a great. They have defense, way though, bigger fish, fish to fry than worrying about some guy smoking weed. Really, Your Honor, God made this. Let me go. Would that be a good good defense? The God made it defense. Yeah. You can't really use that necessarily, like for drinking violations, though. Yes, I know God made wine. He but grapes. he didn't make it for you to drink a by the bottle before you <laughs> hopped on Highway 40. That's that's not what he intended. But God made rubber <laughs> and the tires on my car. God, oh God made the people. Oh God made the people who made my car, officer. <laughs> I mean, you don't think you don't think that that rubber just came from out of nowhere. It came from the ground. That's what you can do. But anyway, uh, it, so she has she has MS, and, and it's the only uh, only thing that works for her. The the only thing that, that helps her. You just sneeze. God bless you. I did. Thank you. Or did you cough? I sneezed. God bless you, even if you cough. Thank you. <laughs> but the <laughs> scooter is always good. Charles. God made Charles Manson too. I know. I know. Awesome. I know. I, listen, I, I know full well the uh, slippery slope that the God made this defense brings us. I I appreciate that, buddy. Uh, but but it's the only thing that helps her. And then they're there. And, and I'm talking about smoking it. Yeah. I'm not talking about just chewing a gummy or whatever. Right. It, smoking it is is what helps her. And then also uh, people. I've known people with cancer. Oh yeah. And it's you know for for pain it's a it's an unbelievable pain killer. Yep. Uh, and, and that's why the medical marijuana thing is so confusing to me because it's like, how is it possible that we haven't come to the conclusion that this is a uh, that this is a this is a a good idea? And I think the only reason getting the only thing getting in the way. Is the uh, is the pharmaceutical industry? That's the only possible reason I could think. Of. So, so you're saying once this is legalized, the Philip Morris's and the R.J. Reynolds are going to be the people who? Well, if it ever actually gets to the point where it's it's a it's a marketable packaged, co- a packaged commodity, uh, then you know the the people who are going to be producing the actual means by which it's being smoked are are coming in uh, in a. Uh, are going to come in like a, a cigarette version of it. Hmm. 
I mean, you know, I mean, so so and 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 the people who are best able to make the cigarettes, it's are not the like the rolling paper guys, whoever those guys are, right? Well, it, it's it's going to be the hey, people who already make the the cigarettes. Have you seen this robot burger thing happening now in San Francisco? Has the first place where robots make your burgers. Oh wow! They make. All your food, and uh, it was really funny because uh, Greg Gutfeld and uh, and uh, Tucker were going back and forth on this. But anyway, all those people who are going to lose their jobs, they could be the rollers. Yeah, rolling, yeah, rolling, rolling joints. joints. Well, and even still, a joint, a, a, a cigarette, you know, nicely rolled. Joint because I don't know whether back in the day you roll a joint and it's all this you know doesn't look very good and it's just kind of sloppy and it's you know but but the guys who make the cigarettes they know how to roll well because a machine does it right <laughs> right but you're not going to have a bunch of people you know unless you listen to the Democrats is another job for illegal immigrants open the borders hey, clean let up. them come in and roll roll a joint who's going to clean our our bathrooms at the hotel and cook for us. Who's gonna Who's gonna uh, do do turn down service for us? Who's gonna roll the joints? You know that's that'll be the big excuse because they're always. Mm-hmm. I love it when these Democrats always say, you know, who's gonna wipe our toilets out if we don't have illegal immigrants? It's like really, you're really saying that? Uh, you're a Democrat. You're really saying that? Oh, I know. Obama used to do that all the time. We gotta have somebody to make the ice in our glasses. You know, it's like, dude, really? <laughs> Somebody's got to wipe that pee off the toilet seat when I don't pick, put it up. I'm going to battle with my son over that. Like, dude, I am telling you for the 100th time, you must lift the toilet seat before you go to the bathroom. Don't pee all over the toilet seat. Okay. We are living parallel lives. I've got one. I, the, those are the times that I do want Eddie to go outside and pee on a tree. <laughs> is when I come in and I see the toilet seat and I'm like, we have been, since he's potty trained, we have been saying, lift both lids. And if you do happen to do it, take the toilet paper and wipe the seat off. Please clean the seat off. Something. But it's like, how is it that you tell them one day and then the next day you have to tell them again? It's crazy. It's got. It's, and I, I, I liken that to the Allison Camerata interview where and Sununu trying to say, "Look, I'm not going to attack John McCain." Yeah, I'm, uh, Donald Trump. Yeah, but isn't he? But I'm not going to attack Donald Trump, Allison. Yeah, and I, I, I likened it to, you know, when your kid asks you for something, you say no, and they keep asking you over and over again in different formulations. You're like, I said no. And I'm sure you're trying to be polite until finally, you know, you tell them to skedaddle, scram, get out of here. But I don't do that because I'm, I'm patient, well, most of the time. So anyway, I was, I was talking about stocks originally, and I have um, I have a... Uh, that's a good song. I love too. this song. Tell me what you want. What you want? What you want? 
All right. So anyway, I need to get out of this Nickelback loop here. I know people are kind of enjoying it, but I, I don't want to get, you know. So uh, anyway, I, I don't have individual stocks. I have the mutual funds. I have the 401ks. And I saw the other day on CNBC these cannabis stocks, which are like skyrocketing. Mm-hmm. And the last time I tried to get a, uh, I tried to get into the stock market, I bought a stock. I, I bought actually it was a t- terrible idea, but I, I bought a stock uh, in in Hyperdynamics, an oil exploration company. <laughs> and I was uh, let me see. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at. I'm gonna look up. Before I get into the stock story, because the stocks are going crazy after it was announced that NAFTA was uh, going by the wayside, so I'm going to do I'm going to do this. I'm going to look up hyperdynamics, okay? Uh, and and, and um, hyperdynamics, okay? I'm going to look them up. Uh, and. Normally, what you do, let's see, hyperdynamics uh, stock, uh, latest news. uh, So, uh, (laughs) I I don't even know what their stock is at this, what their stock is at this point, because they don't, because they don't have it listed as like a thing. But the last thing I see is that the headline is Fatala, a dry hole. And it's likely the end of hyperdynamics. And um, I, I need to ask. Uh, hey, buddy. I'm not fine. What's going on, man? I'm. I'm. Are, are we supposed to do an interview? Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I, after the show, because I'm still on the air. Can I talk to you like at nine? Okay, are you still on Eastern Time, buddy? Oh, okay. Okay, well, I'll be off at, at 9, and we'll talk then. Is that okay? Thank you, buddy. Okay, appreciate you. That's uh, Jim Talley. I was wondering why he was calling me. I thought maybe there was some mm-hmm. kind of emergency of some sort. I thought maybe it was a Jim Talent emergency. So I picked up the phone. I'm supposed to talk to him at 9. Today. Oh, okay. It's a little inside I, baseball for you. My job's done at that point. I'm not reminding <laughs> you. <laughs> So, um, Hyperdynamics Corporation uh, announced that the Fatala One Exploration Well drilled offshore the Republic of mm-hmm. Guinea in Northwest Africa has reached its total drilling depth and did not encounter hydrocarbons. Now, this is a stock I bought a long time ago because somebody was telling me that they had these drilling permits offshore off of uh, off of New Guinea mm-hmm. and I thought oh, okay this is the this is the ticket <laughs> gotta buy this stock right and it uh, and as of September 8 2017 they hit a dry well so I don't even know whether this thing is my stock is still worth anything I can't tell. Uh, let me see here. I'm, I'm gonna look up. I'll look up. Um, I, I'll, I'll. So now they have a new ticker symbol, and so I, I think actually, 
I think I think the business went under. I think the stock. I don't think my. I think the stock I have. I bought like, I think I bought like almost thousand dollars worth of it. I think it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's what I. That's that's my sum total of my stock market you entrance. Need, you need somebody to help you with that. Yeah, uh, generally, or maybe just not at all, and just not worry about it. Do you have a financial advisor? Yeah. For your mutual funds and your funds. Yeah, but I don't have a stockbroker or anything like that. Right, right. Most people do that on their own. Yeah, they do. But I did try to do it on my own, and <laughs> boom, just uh, gone. So anyway, stocks jumped higher Monday following the announcement that the U.S. and Mexico have reached a new trade deal. And this is great because we just – Canada was balking, and we basically just said, you know what? Screw you, Canada. No more. We're not we're not interested in working with you anymore. So we're just going to go around you, and 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 deal with Mexico, and that's where we're at here. The S and P five hundred and Nasdaq both hit record highs. Nasdaq was up point nine one percent. S and P five hundred rose point seven seven percent, and the Dow Industrial rose one percent. Uh, News of the deal appeared to reassure investors that the Trump administration can make solid progress on trade deals. So you have like the shares of the automakers were up, GM up 4.8%, Ford 3.2%, and Goodyear Tire and Rubber, they went up too. Because God made rubber. God made rubber. God made the people who... Invest in rubber, and God's now making the money. So these, uh, obviously, the people on the in the globalist community were flipping out over the thing, and so they went on the Fox Business Channel there, and Charles Payne summarily just absolutely dismantled them, and and the Fox Business Channel is is awesome most of the time. Mm-hmm. Did you ever watch it? On occasion. Neil Cavuto can be a little bit... Uh, Neil Cavuto can be a little bit annoying sometimes. I don't know why. But he goes on his speech. He goes on these speech things where these anti-Trump type of things. I don't know what he, I don't know where he's going mm-hmm. with it or why he's pursuing it. I don't know. But Charles Payne is good, mm-hmm. and he gets on with these people here. I think will probably subside. I, there's a sense of urgency here. Uh, this, this chapter 19, for instance, the trade dispute, it really seems to favor uh, Canada and Mexico a lot more than America. Canada has dug in their hills, but could they give up on that? Uh, you know, ultimately, the good news for President Trump and for all Americans is that we are the 800-pound gorilla in the world economy. Everyone wants to do business with us at the end of the day. And so President Trump is right to be aggressive in some of these trade negotiations and um, to position himself as the defender of the American worker. But um, I'll agree with Jillian. We ought to protect our right as Americans to freely exchange in the world economy. And I hope that President Trump will take that into consideration. 
Well, but so you think he hasn't so far. You think all this effort that he's made, he's not taking that into no, consideration? No, I, I think he is. I think he will. I think you have to balance the concerns about the American worker and our industries at home domestically, as well as our right as Americans to uh, participate in the economy as consumers. We don't want to see the prices on the goods that we consume increase because of any restrictions on free trade. Well, but, and so balancing those concerns is important. Yeah, and I'll, but, I'll add to that. I think we're talking about, you know, this isn't a choice between the American worker and the foreign worker. I think it is more a choice between which American worker benefits and which American worker is hurt. Yeah. That's and I think true. That's we know we've really hemorrhaged a million jobs about. since. Yeah, now. I, I will. Yeah, I will respectfully disagree a, a thousand percent. Uh, Four hundred. Because these people see what happens is they they come they come across these business experts. They come across and they start talking. Like if you went to CNBC and watched this panel, and you watched that one ponytailed left wing <laughs> analyst on there. Uh, they 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 couch themselves and and they put themselves forth as experts in the field, but really they all they're doing is just simply fronting for globalist concerns. And keep in mind, there are a lot of people who currently are uh, in the stock market and who currently are investors in those kinds of things who don't like to see these trade deals upended. They don't like to see these individuals in any way, shape, or form losing a little bit of the advantage they had thanks to our government, uh, thanks to Republicans and Democrats basically selling the American worker and selling them down the river. They don't like this. Like Mitt Romney doesn't like this stuff. All these globalist Republicans, John McCain, uh, Paul Ryan, Mitch McConnell, all these guys, they don't like this. And there's, there's a reason why they didn't want President Trump to become president of the United States because he was talking like they've never talked before and wanting to do things that they don't want to do and they purposely did the opposite. So we don't have we don't have free trade. And we've always said that free trade isn't free trade if it's not fair. And so Charles Payne's like, "All right, I'm going to set you people straight here. Thousand new manufacturing jobs since President Trump came on board. Every expert that echoes this whole, hey, you know what, we're worried about the consumer. They're not. They're worried about corporate America's bottom line. They're worried about the globalists and Wall Street making big money. I don't believe that because if you really were concerned, I think the average American watching this show would pay a little bit more if their neighbor who lost their job five years ago got it back. That's what Correct. I think. And yeah. I and, 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 and that's why you had those two people who were talking about the consumer stuff. Well, you know, people don't want to pay more for the shoes. You got to watch out. It's like, I don't know. How much more is it going to be? And has anybody ever really accurately or in any way convincingly told us that the price of our goods will necessarily skyrocket, to borrow a phrase from Barack Obama, to the level – that people are claiming they are. Are are our goods at Walmart and Target really going to be going up? Right now you're seeing, and part of the reason why the, the, the bull market ran so high is because of this rampant consumerism out there right mm-hmm. now. Yep. I mean, everywhere you go, the the the, the parking lots of malls and, and of and and Target is swamped, and that's why you have this bull market because part of the increase in these stocks is is thanks to uh, the retail outlets out there. 
having such an awesome time of it and 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 doing so well because the the, the retail outlets are 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 enjoying a huge mm-hmm. amount of consumerism and that's what people are all about no so people will pay i don't no one's ever really told me how much it's going to increase the price of my i don't know my jeans or yeah whatever i mean no nobody's told me yeah right <laughs> But no, no, nobody's ever been right. able to, to to assess that, and I don't think anybody can tell us. Instead, we got to put up with these people just saying, "Yeah, but we're worried about the consumer." And Charles Payne's like, no, "Talk to a lot of individuals, some companies, but more individuals." Yeah, so good for him in 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 laying that down. But they're always going to try to scare you, folks out there. Now, keep in mind, you know, part of the increasing costs of a lot of the things we've already had to deal with in terms of increasing costs have come because of regulations, not because of any kind of effort to uh, infuse more fair trade. It's come from a regulatory environment, again, overseen by Republicans and Democrats that have cost us gobs of money. I mean, look at, for instance, how – well, I'll go back to tires since God made rubber, right? The reason why your tires are so damn expensive – is because of regulation. And the reason why they're so crappy is because of regulation. The reason why you're getting more flat tires, and I've been through this before with you folks, but the reason why you're getting more flat tires is because the tires are made like crap because they're made of flimsy material thanks to restrictions on what you can make a tire with. And so that's why... If you've noticed, your tires wear much faster than they've ever worn before. I don't know whether you necessarily – I mean, you know. But you do notice that and, 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 and why the wear and tear on these things, why suddenly you're a year out and you're like, why is my tire bald mm-hmm. after a year of driving on this thing? Or maybe I'm over-exaggerating, but uh, – The treads are worn. You how is it that the, the, the treads are worn down to the point like this? How is this happening? Well, it's because these uh, – it's because the tire manufacturers have had to go on the cheap and water down their products because uh, uh, the process of making them was uh, regulated. I mean, I knew a guy who had a small machine shop in Maplewood, and he employed like uh, 15 people in the shop. During Obama's administration, there was, and these these are like little things that we would never even notice. But uh, there was some kind of uh, of thing that had to be done to some of the metals they were working on that prevented, you know, some metals from being contaminants or whatever. And uh, and so they had to utilize this brand new product to coat the metal products they're making. And unfortunately, this product, though, in, in order to comply with these regulations, was so damn expensive that the guy had to fire like three people because he had to comply with these regulations. I still don't exactly know what it was. I remember him explaining it to me, and I had I had you know no idea what he was talking about because he was talking about metallurgical stuff, and I'm like, eh, I don't even know what what you're saying. And uh, he, it was a situation where he. You, Three people lost their jobs because of that. So, listen, 
the regulatory environment and the, the trade environment has created a, an upside-down world. And I'm sorry to tell you, and, 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 and I'm not, again, trying to introduce McCain and, and hatred of him, whatever, into this. But that's why when you hear people say that they want to go back to the good old days on, upon the passing of John McCain, why – for Americans over the past 35 years, there has been no such thing as the good old days. And, and, and John McCain and all the old dinosaur Democrats have all been part of this problem that President Trump is now trying to fix. So sorry if I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't even know what, they, they're, they're, what they're missing like, what are people missing when they talk about how, you know, oh, it's an end of an era? It's like it's that era kind of sucked. Selective memory. Yeah. I mean, and, 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 they, and they talked about how, uh, like, like, okay, so, so exactly what were the accomplishments of John McCain again? I mean, uh, apart from his war record, what exactly were the accomplishments again? Because I don't see any. I, I mean, I. The, his his accomplishment is he's died so that we can all focus on how horrible Donald is. Yeah, it's his big accomplishment. I mean, they're like, who's going to who's going to sit on Meet the Press now and attack Donald Trump? Oh, Lindsey Graham, he's always around. But you know, but but when you talk about dying breeds, the the dying breeds that we're talking about are the dying breeds of. Sunday talk show guests who are going to attack Donald Trump. One down, mm-hmm. five more to go. That sound callous? I don't wish death upon anybody. I'm just telling you. It's one less person to go on and gratuitously attack Donald Trump for actually doing something for once for the people instead of us having to put up with 35 years of just do nothingness that we that we saw under the under the under John McCain's time. I've talked on and on about how this whole bipartisanship and this whole we need to come together is so overrated because last time I checked when Democrats and Republicans got together and let's say over the past two decades it hasn't worked out very well for people. Right. It hasn't worked out very well at all for the American people. So, Someone's trying to take my job. We're, it's not 8.30 yet, so we're good. What's that? I said somebody on here is trying to take my job. Yeah, well, I, we don't need to <laughs> hyper-focus on that. I'm going to get uh, Doug here. He's at, he's at the 512 number, right? Let's get him. Let's get him. I'll be glad when this is done. I'm sorry I cough on your show. When what's done? All this. Sinus You've had kind of a long time, haven't you? Mm-hmm. When we do the... Jamie. Doug, how are you, buddy? Good, man. I'm, uh, I'm looking at this gamer cat from Jacksonville. Uh. Uh, what a piece of work this kid is. And, um, you know, if I was, if I was his parents, uh, I, would be, I would be ashamed on multiple levels. Uh, the first one being, are we, are we broadcasting right yes, now? Yes, sir. Yeah, Go, let her rip, man. Hi, Doug. Yeah, hey, I, Gia's uh, again. hey, Gia. Um, it, this kid, I mean, I first of all, he's 24 years old. He's been, you know, 
deep dive in this bizarre environment for many moons. And uh, I'm looking right now, uh, David Katz, who shot and killed two people at the video game tournament. I'm sure everybody and their dogs heard about it. It's, it's now coming out that he would go days without bathing, uh, walking around in his parents' house in circles. Um, his mommy and daddy would take away his video games. And this cat would punch holes through walls to get his game controls. And, um, you know, that's, he is like, he's the worst case scenario epitome of what, uh, what I wrote my book, Pussification, about. And uh, listen, parents, if you got some bizarre, uh, weirdo, 24-year-old kid who's got a band roll-on glaze on his eyes in a thousand-yard stare, and all he does is uh, not bathe and play video games, and he goes completely nuclear when you take the controls away from him and you push his ass to get a job and a life, um, then you failed fundamentally as a parent. And um, I think there's some kind of culpability for it, man. Uh, Jamie. Well, when I when I saw the guy, I said this is a pretty typical example of you're not going to actually interview people who knew him who say, "Wow, we never would have expected this from him." He's the kind of guy that when you interview his friends, you're like, "Yep, knew he was going to shoot somebody someday." Yeah, I mean, he's got that uh, he's got that Adam Lanza, who is the guy yeah. who shot up the theater in uh, in Aurora. Who is that guy? Well, something. Yeah, Lanza, the, the, that, that dumb look on his face, and then the other guy who, yeah, shot up the theater. So it was Lanza and Sandy Hook, and then, yeah, the same, like, 27-year-old, just coddled baby, man baby, and, and uh, boy, th- th- didn't take long for that thing, that whole thing. To, and by the way, is it true that he was like a, he hated Do- Donald Trump, mm-hmm. too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, I, I don't know to, to what extent. Uh, yeah. I don't know that that necessarily makes you know him a Democrat. Probably so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, he's, he's a product of the, the school system, and they teach people to loathe America, uh, our founding documents, et cetera. So I, I'm guessing uh, he, he was uh, uh, leaning a little to the left. But, um, you know, he called Trump supporter Trump tards and, uh-huh. and, and tweets and stuff. But like you said, man, if it would have been, uh, you know, some Ku Klux, some KKK guy who, um, who you know, is an alt-right lunatic, and he would have strafed up the, the gaming convention there in Jacksonville. There'd be nonstop wall-to-wall coverage. But, um, you know, this, this is um, – and, again, I don't – you know, I didn't raise my girls like this. My girls would eschew anybody who uh, – uh, of the opposite sex that would, you know, even have a fraction of this uh, kid's bizarre personality bent. But – Evidently, Jamie, there's a lot of these kids out there, you know, playing games, not bathing, not getting a life. Uh, I would love for them to follow me into the woods or, or, or um, take them outside fishing, fishing in Miami, get them in the Gulf Stream, or maybe fish the beautiful cuts there for tarpon and snook or go in the backcountry for monster sharks on light tackle or fly fish, bone fish, and permit, because there is an experience and there is an element of uh, uh, fun that I think beats the hell out of sitting on some dank couch playing some stupid game for eight hours. I don't even get this kind of uh, mentality at all. And parent, I'm telling you what, uh, you're raising a monster if that's what you're giving your kids uh, to. You play a little game like, here, well, let's play this game. Come out here and you have 10 seconds to run. 
play that game. Oh, okay. So here's the other thing that I was surprised about, Doug, is that when this whole thing happened, apparently President Trump uh, didn't uh, apparently address the shooting in any fashion, and people were upset about that. I'm thinking, wait a minute, this is like a Tuesday night in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Why, why is it suddenly incumbent upon the president to address this gamer convention shooting in, in Florida when this kind of thing happens every day in any democratically controlled city you want to name? Yeah, you're right. That's lunch in the South Side, you know. Yeah, I mean. It's not even a full <laughs> night, you know. It's, that's, a, that's 30 minutes, an hour of activity <laughs> in Chicago. Yeah. I just don't, and, but but apparently it was it, it was just mean of the president not to have addressed this in any way, shape, or form over the weekend. I'm thinking, wait a minute, what what do they want him to well, say? And, and you guys know this; it's their freaking job, man. That's what they do. Everything everything about the president is so picked apart. It's it's so ludicrous. Like today, we've got a, a post that's going to come out uh, later this morning on the conspiracy theory of the Melania body double. And um, you wouldn't believe how these uh, full nutters are, are completely bat, you know what, crazy. Uh, I think they're so batty, Jamie, that they sleep upside down. But they're, <laughs> they're, looking, they're looking at her polka-dotted blouse, and they're looking at the color of her lapel as she moves from the helicopter you know, to the hangar to do the speaking engagement in Ohio. And they're looking at the screws on the sunglasses, and they're like, ah! You know, that's not Melania. First of all, uh, if I was Melania, I would send a body double out there, too, because I wouldn't want to be around the majority of the leftist lunatics who rock up and protest their events. Secondly, you know, I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's a body double, man. I think these people are so fried with their Trump derangement syndrome that, uh, you know, a, I can't believe it's this deep and dastardly, and B, thank God for it because it makes us money over on Clash. Yeah, no, no doubt. Now, so what is it that they think? Like, why do they think there would be a body double? Why? Why do they think that would be even necessary? And well, well, well Jamie, please, please. She clearly <laughs> hates the president, and like Omarosa said, that she's ready to divorce him, but he's threatened to. De- send her back to Slovakia or Slovenia or wherever she's from, should he embarrass him in such a, you know, an awful and odious way? Well, he I imagine. Him. Of course, because yeah. they hate him. Ergo, Melania must hate him, and Baron hates him, and Jesus hates him, and dogs hate him. I mean, it's just, it's just projection <laughs> on steroids, man. Yeah. Well, I'm going to get in a situation where, where, because I, I guess what the the pre prepared divorce papers are this are in the same place where the N word is, right? Not non existent. Is that correct? Uh, yes. 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 Okay. Well, I, I want to go back to Omarosa, man. Yeah. If, uh, if you got some, if you got some bizarre listener out there is just going to uh, uh, try to glam off, you know, the, the former. Um, relationship that they had with somebody else and spend their whole life seeking to destroy somebody who uh, built, um, who gave them insane opportunities. I mean, look what Trump did for her. And listen, nobody liked Omarosa. And Trump's like, okay. I mean, he did it through the uh, whatever, what's the word, uh, the show, The Apprentice. He did it through other uh, events and, and uh, opportunities and stuff. Brought her into the White House because she's cackling about needing a job and blah, blah, blah. And she's married to a pastor, and she's supposedly a Christian. 
And then she goes out and does this kind of just odious type reporting on what it's like to be around Donald and how he's unhinged. You know what? You know what, um, Jamie, in regards to Omarosa and Michael Cohen, I mean, Judas-type betrayal behavior in our postmodern, sassy, secularist culture has now been elevated to a virtue. Yeah. Uh, to me, it's still a vice. It's still disgusting. I mean, I don't even know who you can trust anymore, man. These guys make Judas look like a penitent monk, uh, <laughs> the, way that they, the way that they move in that kind of betrayal mode. And, you know, people wonder why, you know, why does Jamie not trust people? Why does Doug not trust people? It's because of this kind of garbage. Oh, yeah. I mean, and and, and you know what? If anything, all of this stuff tells me, whether it be Manafort or Cohen or Omarosa, is that uh, contrary to this idea that President Trump is some kind of uh, dictatorial, won't listen to anybody, shut down, loner kind of guy, my way or the highway – it seems it's the opposite. It seems that he actually he trusts too many people. Uh, he actually uh, gravitates towards people who don't have his interest at art because to a certain degree, he's too trusting and, and, and he's too inclusive to a certain degree. So that's all this proves to me. It's a positive uh, reflection on him, not a negative one, but it's one that he's going to have to figure out because these people aren't all in his – It's his freaking lawyer. Yeah, I know. I mean – uh, you know, I've got, you know, uh, my main lawyers in Miami, we've been buddy for 20 years, traveled all over the place. I can't imagine, you know, him uh, turning on me. Yeah. Oh, you know? I know. I mean, does, does Cohen, if he doesn't go to prison, I mean, what's the legal ramifications? Does he automatically lose his pra- uh, license to practice law? Because isn't that kind of a, uh, uh, kind of a Hippocratic oath that, you don't do that kind of stuff or, you know, you have to face some kind of bad uh, negative sanctions. <laughs> yeah, but but for, but you have to understand, well, I guess, Doug. I get, the, I get the target, man. The target's Trump, so all rules are off. Yeah. You, know? you have to understand, though, uh, Doug, that, that this is all suddenly related to the Holocaust. You know that. Did you hear Cohen talk, and, and Donnie Deutsch, who's his, his buddy of Cohen, up there on MSNBC talking about how, yeah, but, you know, Cohen had to do the right thing because his Holocaust surviving father or – grandfather or somebody right. uh told him you know never again it's like oh my god you gotta be kidding me you're, you're you're pulling the holocaust card out here yeah he didn't want uh he didn't want mikey to besmirch uh their surname so uh you know he's got to do trump he can't live through that kind of horror again <laughs> no your son's a, your son's a piece of crap that's what your son is yeah. and your name is uh turning into a proverb Everything that Judas and uh, Brutus and, and all those betrayers were in history, now Cohen is synonymous with that. So right. stuck on that, dude. <laughs> hey, all right. So a while back, you sent me uh, about a week ago. You sent me this piece of art that you're making, and I can't figure out whether or not you've already released it or you're about to, because I no, told it's it's, it's out. Uh, it's a soft launch right now, and uh, we're about to go nuts with it, uh, hopefully by the end of this week. Okay. So, but you can, but you can talk about it, man. Go okay. Ahead. Well, first of all, it's this, it's this, um, picture. It's like a, it's like a wanted poster and it's got president Trump on it and, and it's obviously wanted for 2020. It's, it's that kind okay. of thing. 
but but and you can explain it better than I can, obviously. But but what I was saying is that that one of the things I told Doug, I said we need to make like bumper stickers and like these posters out of it, so we could start gluing these things to telephone poles mm-hmm. and the back of our cars and anything we can find, just like the hipsters do, and get this thing out because it is classic. It's like it's like the most it's like the most powerful electoral folk art I could I've ever seen. So explain why you put it together. Yeah, I was uh, uh I had an epiphany, Jamie. Some some would call it uh an afflatus. <laughs> I'm I'm sitting here, you know, and I'm I've got a huge uh bunch of commissions I'm working on. I told you about for that saloon. And uh, not really looking for any kind of more content. And um it's like you know Trump they view him as a criminal. And, uh, you know, they want him incarcerated <laughs> there after him. And, uh, and at the same time, you know, there's, what, 50 to 60% of America that's after him also. Uh, but for other reasons, that's for him to continue uh, to keep America great because he's, he's making America great, damn it. Anybody with a lick of sense can look over these 18-plus uh, months and say, OMG, aside from the blather that CNN is yarbling about Trump, uh, on a 24-7 basis, uh, his economic uh, aspects of lifting all of the boats in, the, in America's economy, especially the minorities and women, is, is second to none. So we want him to, uh, to keep America great. So I did the wanted poster. I got Trump. He's, he's wearing Jeff Bridges. <laughs> and I love, I love doing these uh, antiquated uh, type old-timey uh, paintings. Yeah. Uh, it's I should have been born years ago, but so it's an old one in poster. The edges are burnt. There's like bullet holes and rips in it and crap. And uh, just like an old Jesse James, uh, John Dillinger, Billy, the kid type poster, Trump's wearing rooster. Uh, what, what's the guy's name? Uh, Cogburn. Cogburn. Yeah. 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 Cogburn, so he's, got yeah. Bridges, he's got Bridges version of rooster Cogburn. He's got his uh, uh, trail boss coat on and uh, the hats from uh John Wayne's version of Rooster Cogborn. And I've got Trump. He's sporting a mullet. You can see a little scruff coming, you know, from the, from the yeah, back of his head. Yeah, it's awesome, man. His, his eyebrows are full caterpillar pro- professorial type <laughs> wooliness. Yeah. And they just completely frame the fr- uh, face up underneath the Stetson. And it says on top, wanted, and then below the picture of Trump for 2020. And then it says Donald J. Trump. And he's got these two old-timey fingers pointing at his guilt. And I put at the bottom, he's guilty, Jamie, of MAGA. <laughs> <laughs> it is awesome. And, and so is there a chance it'll come in the formulation of, like, like uh, propaganda pieces? We could just start littering the earth with them? Well, everything's uh, negotiable. You know that, <laughs> yeah, no. I, uh, so constitution.com, keeping bare – uh, dot com. They've 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 got non-exclusive rights to make anything they want out of it. We're going to pitch it to CPAC. We're going to pitch it to Trump's uh, campaign. I can see this thing, man, in uh, in all the big rallies. This thing yeah. coming up out of the sea of people. <laughs> yeah. you know, on like four by eight sheets of plywood <laughs> or something, just freaking everybody out. But it's resonated, man. I mean, I I put it out just to a couple of people and they're like omg and i think well you're just doing that because you love me but thank you and um and then i put it out on social media and 
people are just like flipping out. And that's why I've watermarked it because there's thieves out there. Oh yeah. Conservative Christian thieves. <laughs> They're like, thank you for the image. Look what I did, you know? And, um, yeah. so it's got Doug Giles emblazoned all over it. On oh, my good. Facebook page where it's at. Yeah. So wait, you yeah, so, and just as a, as a little bit of an aside, so, so you do have people who are in our realm who try to steal from you. Oh, hell yeah, man. It's, uh, uh, you haven't been screwed, Jamie, until the brothers screw you. <laughs> right on, yeah. I, I got, right before you called, this guy said, look what's, look what's going around the meme world. It's my uh, Mr. and Mrs. Trump uh, in the Mr. and Mrs. Uh, Smith pose with the, the beautiful stainless steel 44 Magnum and Melania-looking fetching. She's got a Ruger subcompact strapped to her uh, precious thigh with a garter belt and, and and it's in its minus my name in any kind of uh, accreditation or link going back to sell my stuff. And this is not being circulated uh, positively through the liberal <laughs> uh, uh, morass. It's all going through conservatives. So, yeah, they snatch and grab, man. Wow. And, uh, you know, I will give this one cat uh, props uh, on the Trump wanted poster that we got out there. He sent me an email saying I would like to you know, utilize this and say, okay, here's the parameters. Don't touch the image. Uh, give me full credit and a link back to the, my art site where people can buy it. Right on. I mean, yeah. hell, I, I mean, I, I get, I get kicked off of Facebook every time I let a song go too long here, but, and it's rightfully so because, you know, I, 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 I sell music for these guys. I, th- I could make that case, but nonetheless, these guys are, um, you know, they have a right to retain the rights to their product, and so you know, I, I understand why they're uh, why that's happening. You can't just take somebody's stuff and use it for your own. So I try to do it uh, judiciously, and 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 you know, I, I thought maybe Facebook paid the fee already, but who knows? But nonetheless, that's what you, you have know, the right I, to your thing, your stuff. You know, um, uh, I'm glad they like it. Uh, again, you know, we work hard on this, or I do, and um, you know, we have thought behind it, and we pay bills and stuff. I'd appreciate somebody, if they truly appreciate it, say, hey, you can go over to this link and uh, buy one of these yeah. funny mofos right here. Yeah. And you can, you, can, you can keep the dream alive. Uh, Doug uh, feeds starving kids with that money, uh, my daughters and my grandsons and stuff. That would be, but that would be too gauche to make it a link, though, Doug, because then otherwise, then that's just too commercial. Let's just steal it and use it for our own our own good. Hey, you have an interesting story here. Uh, Wes put it up there, and and it's the uh, four cheerleaders uh, in uh, what is it? It's KSU. What is that? Is that uh, yeah, Kennesaw State? Okay, uh, uh, Georgia, outside of uh, Atlanta, I think about an hour or something like that. I don't know. I'm a Texan. I went to public school. <laughs> anyway, these girls are like, you know, uh, they stood in solidarity with the NFL uh, tinker pots that decided, you know, cops suck. And our anthem is uh, what represents white supremacy or some kind of crap like that. And that they ain't going to take it anymore. And, you know, everybody knows how they dilapidated the NFL and everybody's hashtag boycott the NFL. And, and uh, these girls decided that they're going to um, uh, stand on the <laughs> on the side of uh, We Loathe America and the police. And, um, yeah, they got, they're not cheering anymore. Their life just became uh, uncheery, Jamie. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. For four of them, at least. Yeah, four of the five uh, didn't make it onto the cheerleading squad this, this time around. 
And I think it's great. Who wants to, again, who wants to see that crap? You know, do it in some other place. Uh, leave the sporting events for this thing called sport, you know? Everybody's like, well, Muhammad Ali, you know, didn't. It's like, first of all, different day, and you're not Cassius Clay, so shut the front door and pass the pigskin. Yeah, it just so happens that they, they, they just, the ones kneeling just so happen to have the fattest legs on, on the cheerleading squad. So something tells me that they might have seen some of this coming anyway, much like Colin Kaepernick was was a scrub who basically made this into a thing that would make him uh, unfireable in his mind or hireable in his mind. I think some of these people do this stuff as as a cover for the fact that they they, they want to have something that they could claim is the reason why they were either kicked off, not renewed, whatever. And so some of this has nothing to do with real concern over any issue uh, except for maybe uh, their futures, you know, seems to me. Hey, Jamie, I got a hot one for you, man. I don't know if you want to go there or not. Oh, I'll go there. So, so the Pope. Yeah. What What did he know and when did he know it? You know, I, and and are you are you buying this? Hey, you know it's sad, and you know the Ireland. I, bro, I, you know, first here's here's my thing. If if your religious leader uh, wears Elvis costumes, not you, Jamie, in particular, <laughs> or 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 robes and carries a wand and has people kiss rings and has altar boys and forbids the 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 priests to marry. Don't be shocked that this kind of stuff occurs, you know, people. I mean, I, Jamie, I mean, I know you're Catholic, man. I'm not trying to pick on you at all. I just can't see Jesus walking around with that kind of regalia and that kind of yeah. uh, presidential Rolex-type look-at-me uh, type of vibe. He was a, he was a humble guy uh, who you, who walked through common places with common people. Didn't You know, he had, he had his disciples with him, but there was – no protection. When they came and got him, they got him. He would ride a donkey into town without the pomp and circumstance. And uh, I think when people inflate, you know, religious leaders, whether it's Protestant, Catholic, or whatever, to this this place of no that no man could live up to, then you get these kind of problems that people try to bury and shuffle children around and hide and stuff. This is damnable, man. This is about as bad as it gets. Well, this is um, what you just uh, what you just detailed. There is the very essence of Protestantism, uh, which was the issue that they had Protestants had with the Catholic Church to begin with. But you know, dude, it's more than that, though. Because I mean, I, I I know I I I recognize the general beef that people have. Uh, outside of the Catholic Church, with the Catholic Church, the idolatry aspect of it, and all kinds of things, I do believe that um, I don't believe that that uh, a priest being married necessarily would pre- prevent them from molesting somebody. But let me tell you something else, buddy. It's interesting you bring this up because you realize that I I actually worked for Cardinal Burke. I actually worked for nine months in the St. Louis Archdiocese as a spokesman for the archbishop here. And 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 part of uh, being there also allowed me access to certain materials that I actually retained. And it's interesting that you bring this up now because it just so happens that today 
uh, and I, I had said I was going to do it last night and didn't get around to it, that today, I'm, and in the wake of all this, I'm actually going to do an actual uh, news article on my Facebook page detailing how the predecessors of the archbishop I worked for, uh, one of whom is now a cardinal in Philadelphia, and the other one is a bishop in Knoxville, Tennessee, who, uh, and I'll, I'll just cut to the chase here. There was a person who admitted in 2000. You're dancing, brother. <laughs> What's that? It sounds like you're dancing pretty heavy. What happened? No, no, no. I, I just wanted to, I wanted to give you a, a, a you know, kind of a, a bed for this at first. Gotcha. So, so then, so then what happened is uh, in 2002, this priest, a priest admitted that he molested a child. In 2002, he admitted it and left a church. Of course, this is a priest who was trouble from the very beginning. This is the most coddled, spoiled brat priest you can find anywhere in the land. But anyway, he admitted in 2002 that he uh, molested a child and he left the church. He left and, and, and they, they stripped him of his priestly duties, but never of his priesthood, right? Which is, uh, which is what they do. They, they don't defrock these guys. They just send them someplace else. So anyway, yeah. it's 2002, and, and, and no sooner than a year passes after this guy has already admitted he molested a child that one of this archbishop's assistants, who is now the Bishop of Knoxville, issued a memo ordering that his – that this priest's salary be increased. Hello. And, and, and let's, the, re- let's reward bad behavior. Well, and, and that's, and that is an indication. I'm not saying that, that happened everywhere, but if that little small indication tells you everything you need to know about some of what the hierarchy did to protect yeah. some of these guys. And, and, and I'm not talking about a guy who was simply under suspicion. He admitted he right. he admitted he molested somebody, and I have the the actual document where they ordered this priest's salary increased, and presumably to uh, help him defend himself uh, against wow. whatever charges. But this happened under a guy who a wanted to get the hell out of there so badly, he wanted to be a cardinal so badly, he just left everything in shambles here. Wound up going to Philly, ultimately getting his red hat. And so now he's a cardinal in Philadelphia, and, and, and then you have the guy who wrote the memo being elevated himself to a bishop status in Knoxville. So there you go. Can you, yeah, no, it's, it's uh, you know, contrast that with, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Hillsong, which is a big kind of non-denominational church that a lot of... Uh, movie stars like the Kardashian and Bieber. And, um, I mean, they, I, I know the founder I've, I've done speaking engagements with him in Cape town and other places, uh, uh, you know, 15, 20 years ago and things like that. Um, personally, he's a good cat. It came out his father who, uh, was also a minister and, uh, worked for Hillsong, um, that he had been molesting, uh, kids. And so, uh, Brian Houston, uh, took his dad aside 
And uh, he said, is this true? And he said his dad's, you know, he said he watched him age 30 years in front of him after one question, and his dad uh, admitted it, and uh, only admitted to uh, one initially, and then there were several. And the um, guy had a, uh, was immediately defrocked, cut off salary, uh, wasn't shuffled to another church and any of that stuff buried. This is a son doing it to his dad. It's like, Dad, you know, I mean, it just completely shatters every kind of image they had of their father, as you can imagine. Had insane, extenuating, devastating circumstances to, to all the kids and the grandkids down the down the legacy line, and yet uh, Brian did it, made it public, wrote, you know, uh, uh, did a public announcement of how he was defrocked and how he would never uh, return to the ministry again. This guy's done it all of his life, and he said it's just over. You know, we're not we're not going to do it anymore. Guy had a uh, he was in his uh, bathroom, stroked out, fell, and uh, died just a couple of months after all this was uh, brought to light. But um, it's got to be handled, man, and. Um, you know, can you imagine parents, you know, you want your kids to, to to not grow up to be this gaming moron who walks around like a zombie, you know, unshorn and unbathed, mumbling to himself and doing video games about sports or murdering people. You don't want them to be that, so you take them to church. But you got to, you know, then you're freaking out that, uh, you know, some pedophile priest or some a uh, guy in the youth group is going to squat hump your eight-year-old. Yeah. It's just, a well, weird, it's just a weird world, man. And, and, and on the part of the Catholic Church, thankfully, uh, they have changed uh, their mode of operation regarding priests that I think actually uh, actually supported the pedophiles' work. So it used to be back in the old days that they would basically transfer a priest like every – you know, three years, maybe even two. They never, and, and part of that process was to try to keep the priest from having a close relationship with the parish because it created cliques and those things, and that and that the priest himself was supposed to be dedicated only to God and not necessarily to even a parish for that matter. And and while that seemingly in its in its. Uh, Development is seems like it, it could be a good idea. You know, it keeps people from you know having these clicky little operations and all these little things, and maybe one family running the place because they're tight with the priest. Uh, I get that, but what happened is for the for the guys who were the predators, it gave them opportunities that they took advantage of. So you could do something to somebody. And you'd know, like two years later, you'd never even be around anymore. And and, and you and and that's that actually exacerbated the problem in that in that it allowed for these people to kind of move around. The church has since changed a lot of that uh, that philosophy, and and so much of what happened, you know, decades ago. Uh, isn't happening now, uh, and a lot of it is. Sometimes you're even it's gotten to the point where priests don't even go to the parish picnic anymore because they're afraid of, you know, of, of people, you know, making insinuations. So it's got kind of gotten weird, but nonetheless, some mechanisms that allowed for this kind of stuff to propagate decades ago has have changed, thankfully. But, uh, but we'll see the, the, this, this thing with the Pope is really problematic, but, but if, if you take what happened on the micro here in St. Louis, it doesn't surprise me if some of these guys in the hierarchy just simply, uh, turned turned away 
when they knew what the I, deal I, was. I can't, I can't believe there hadn't been a humongous, uh, you know, Me Too movement <laughs> come forth out of this, you know. I mean, again, it's, uh, it's, it's not a problem, you know, in regards to taking on the gross male Hollywood moguls. Uh, I would say that the systemic aspect of the abuse, uh, yeah. again, we know it because of what happened in the early uh, 2000s and stuff. It's, it's, it's pervasive, man. Here's one thing I, I want to ask you real quick. I know you got to run and stuff. Um, just one guy said, this is not pedophilia. He said it's homosexuality because the majority of these kids that are molested are, are post-pubescent. Well, uh, Again, well, it's, 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 it's tawdry. Yeah. No well, no, I mean, I, I know for a fact that there are a lot of gay priests, but 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 the the only mistake that people make though I think is insinuating somehow that because they're gay that makes them more susceptible to molesting people. In fact, uh, it seems to me that even if you looked at it statistically throughout all of the molestation cases, whether they be in a in a in a school or in a church or whatever that a majority of these – or even in families for that matter, that a majority of these predator criminals are usually heterosexual. But it doesn't mm. – but, but, but there are a lot of gay priests. Yeah. So I'm just telling you. <laughs> yeah, buddy. It's, uh, it's rough. You know, my advice to parents is uh, uh, don't trust public schools. <laughs> don't trust social media in Hollywood. And if you're going to send your kids to church, uh, man, go in eyes wide open and right uh, ask questions. And if you pick up on something, there's a reason you're picking up on it. Yeah. All right, buddy. Yeah. Well, listen, I'll, I'll send you the link when I when I put this up, and you you might be interested in it. And uh, and uh, we'll talk next week, brother. Congrats on that that Donald Trump wanted. It's just uh, it's just great. So. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, no, it's funny. Thanks for uh, shouting out, big dog. Don't All right, brother. Ready. Okay, man, you too. ClashDaily.com is where you can find him. So, yeah. Your butt tighten a little bit there, Gia? Yeah, I'm, I'm you know. Ugh. Well, that that's, see, listen. I, I you know, Well, here's what happens. Normally, you know, whenever somebody, like, attacks the, the, the kind of the, the style of the church or like what the Pope wears, you know, I'm like, okay, well, no wonder you're a Protestant. And, and, and that's why, uh, that's why people left the mother church, the original church, because uh, they didn't like all that. And that, and, and, and not, not to mention the fact that uh, old boy wanted to get divorced. So they all left the church and that makes you Protestant. And so people who, you know, there, there are people who, for instance, uh, claim that, um, uh, that that we, we that Catholics are uh, practicing false idolatry by praying to Mary, and, and the fact of the matter is the Catholic Church does not pray to Mary. They pray to Mary as an intercessor. Mary is not a god, uh, Mar- Mar- but but the Catholic Church and Catholics do not worship Mary. They pray to her as an intercessor. So. But but nonetheless, a lot of people are confused about the role of Mary in the church. It's like, how are you worshiping anybody but God? It's like, no, it's not a it's not a Mary worship. It's it's a a praying to Mary as an intercessor, and and it's biblically based. 
because uh, keep in mind what happened at the wedding of Cana, <clears throat> right? Mm-hmm. When they ran out of wine, who did they go to for the more wine? Who did they go to for the more wine? <laughs> who wanted the more wine? Who did they go to for the more wine? <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. They went to Mary, right? Right. So, so, so this idea somehow that 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 somehow the involvement of Mary in the Catholic Church is not biblically based is a pile of crap. I'm not saying Doug said that. I'm saying that's no. the. I'm just running through the typical kind of attacks that are it's made on the Catholic Church. It's also a sense Church. of humor. I mean, he, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, no. I don't, but but it's, but but it's typical. But 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 Protestants. But but then the Catholic Church thing, though, I will have to say. With with the molestations and things like that, it is a. Well, let's put it this way: it was a systemic problem. It is a problem. Yeah, Uh, and 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 there were mechanisms that propagated the problem. Right, Uh, and I think that's that's a that's a conclusive fact that the the moving of them around and all that kind of stuff. And and so we we needed to debunk a couple of things. First of all, one is that um, gays just because you're gay doesn't make you more susceptible to molest somebody. That's just not. I mean, I, I, no, it's and, not and, molest somebody. It's to associate being gay with wanting to ruin little children's or children's lives is right. Ugh, yeah, it, but, even. It, but even especially even if, being a theater girl, right? That one really gets me, right? Big time. But even if you didn't, even if you thought that was just a theory, it's not. I mean, it's it's factually based. I mean, if you if you go through uh, any, if you looked at any statistics regarding uh, child molesters or predators, uh, the 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 result will be that uh, a majority of them are heterosexuals. They're not gays. So you need to kind of like make sure that you get that kind of out right. of your system uh, once and for all. And the other thing that that is is interesting is when people bring up, well, we know what the solution is. Marriage. Marriage. P- priests need to be married. I'm telling you, people, the idea that some guy, <laughs> uh, if he just had a wife, wouldn't molest a kid is patently Bogus. ridiculous. Bogus. It is it is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. It is a horrible, horrible case for an art. It's it's that statement sends me yeah, over I know, I know, the edge. I know, it so in other nuts. words, had Paul never met me and married me and we had kids, he'd be out, yeah. you know, molesting children. Right. You're, the, you're the only thing That's standing it. in the way of, yes. of molestation, you wives out there. Congratulate yourselves. <laughs> You're the only thing that's keeping your man from molesting a child. Good for you. It's another example of why women are so important in this world. Well, I just so tell me about the men that are married that are molesting children. Oh yeah, How well, about yeah. The baseball coach that's molesting children, or the I mean, oh yeah, no. or the the Baptist pastor, or who's married. Yeah, no, so, we get it. No, oh, yeah, I'm on the same page with you. But yeah, so but anyway, th- but this kind of stuff usually you, you gotta kinda kinda separate the wheat from the chaff. This this kind of stuff generally invites the typical the gratuitous kind of attacks on the church. Uh but 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 it doesn't mean it's not a problem. And it doesn't mean that it, it would not be 
a huge problem if the Pope somehow it was proven that somehow he knew about this. But I will tell you, though, my own experience and what I'm right in front of my eyes, documentation wise, uh, it has happened where hierarchy has uh, either looked the other way or, in effect, rewarded and did not punish some of these molesters. That's a problem. But it has nothing to do with whether or not the Pope has a ring or slippers. You know what I'm saying? I love my faith. I love being a Catholic, and I love my priest. I love my pastor. So Right on. I, I'm, I, that's all there I is am, to that. I am uh, completely with you, which is why I laid it out there for you. And you laid it out go. for me. So that's, 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 so I think it's Makes fairly evident mass. that um, we, uh, <laughs> that we love our faith. So it's, it's, I'm, but, but yeah, so, so there, there's just, just keep a level, uh, view here. Mm-hmm. Now we got to go. Yeah. It's time. And that bread that we put in our mouth during the Eucharist is the body of Christ. Just letting you know. And the wine that we drink in the Eucharist is the blood of Christ. All right, everybody. Have a good rest of your day.